going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Four Love of Cinema. This is episode 247, where this evening we're going to be talking about Venom, Let There Be Carnage, available theatrically, and The Many Saints of Newark, which is available theatrically and HBO Max for another two weeks, maybe three weeks. I'm one of your hosts, Grayson Maxwell. I'm Roger Stillian. And I'm Christopher Bond. Gentlemen, how are you, Chris? Good to have you back. Roger and I did an episode without you last week. How are you, sir? I cried myself to sleep that night. It's good. Oh, good. We're I glad. Fucking a game. I just <laughs> crushed last week. It was Fucking a good, yeah. crushed it. It was a good episode. Uh, how how are you guys doing this week? What's what's going on? Huh? You guys, you guys <laughs> <one of those>? <laughs> <laughs> Things are going good. Yeah, I have nothing going on. I didn't do anything different than I usually do. I went to work a lot. I slept a little bit, and I had this. I did stuff with my kids. Mm. I watched a couple movies. There you go. There was you go. a change pace for me in my life. Anything it, other than what we had to watch, or no, no, it was just things we had to watch. Okay, okay. Roger, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. I'll take a mini vacation this week. It'll be nice. Nice, very good. I'm happy yes. for you. Also jealous. Oh wait, I did do something. Well, I didn't do. I did watch other things though. I, I'm I'm almost fully caught up with with the anime My Hero because of the movie's coming out at the end of the month, which I'm super excited for. My Hero Academia. Yeah. Oh, cool. Absolutely. And with it's how tough. big, I'm I'm excited to see how well it does after Demon Slayer crushed it while it was out. So, yeah, that was, that was a very impressive number for Demon Slayer for sure. Well, it beat most movies that we've seen this year that were you know live action. Yeah, Some that's. I hope you know attendance is slowly creeping back up. I hope it stays like that and COVID mm-hmm. goes away. Away. Yeah, we had a, we had a nice discussion about how busy our theaters were for Venom. Yeah, surprisingly, which was surprising and during the second week. Yeah, so kind of impressive. Yeah, I'm glad that people are starting to. Cut. I actually read an article about this saying how um, there was like something like 300,000 jobs added last month, and people are starting to. Restaurants are noticing a, a serious increase in people attending, and that's good. That's good. I mean, the Delta variant's on the back nine now. We're we're, we're good. Maybe back funny, to normal. I hope. Funny story. I went to Applebee's for dinner last night, a place I haven't gone to in forever. Applebee's? They were closing at seven thirty because they were short staffed on a Saturday. I was closing at seven thirty. I was there at six p.m. because I was catching a seven fifteen movie. The place was slamming. Oh, and they were closing at seven. Like, they were busy as shit. And they were closing at seven thirty on a Saturday night. So yeah, I sat at the bar, drank a couple of beers, and had a chicken fajita. It was wonderful. As you are wont to do. Alphabet is good stuff, man. They have some good stuff. I like some of the. I apps. felt like I was eating good in the neighborhood. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, it's not a slogan or anything. I'm glad. <laughs> Just because I care, no one else does. Uh, Demon Slayer ended up making five hundred three million dollars. Worldwide, that's, that's very bad. impressive. That's pretty that's impressive. Very impressive, especially during COVID times. Yeah, I was gonna say that, that was you know peak COVID stuff. That's cool. It's good. I kind of an emotional week. Uh, wasn't the easiest week. Sorry about that. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I had kind of an emotional week myself. First time in a long time. I'm really kind of you know it's just I don't want to talk about it. I just want to tell you I had an emotional week. I'm trying to be candid with our with our listeners. Let's talk about it. Yeah, no, let's I don't want to talk about it. Oh, yeah, I don't want to, good, man. Let's go. I don't want to talk let's about it. Let's connect with the audience. Let's uh, right right score for our two movies. Move right along and talk about Grayson's mental well-being. <laughs> <laughs> it's just been yes. a, it's been a tough week uh, this past week or two, but I'm 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 good. I'm good. I, you know, good. I'm doing good. Thanks. Yeah, I'm great yeah. too. I asked you guys how you were individually. I gave you yeah, the time yeah. to talk. Oh well, you know, well now now we're trying to give you time to talk. Well, I, I'm just saying I don't want to. I'm just you know, trying to. Be <laughs> I don't want to. I'm just saying 
I just want you to know I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> okay, then. Weird. Uh, all right. I watched a lot of stuff, though. I did, um, for our Thursday night now, we all, after we leave the office a little early, we all go to uh, the Payroll of Sitsis and Ryan's house to watch a movie. We watched Pumpkinhead from the 80s with Lance Henriksen. Was the it movie. still terrible? It's not only as terrible, I just, I was the one that enjoyed it the least out of the group because like, so it's terrible. I have a, here's the thing, here's the thing that I, and I watched some of the Nightmare on Elm Streets this week too. I have a real problem with, I don't, I understand the campiness of those eighties horror movies. I get it. Like there's horror with them, but there's also kind of like a comedic aspect that is like automatically built into the, 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 the slashes of that decade. I get it. I do. I just, I'm not quite sure I'm okay with it all the time. And like whenever I am in a group and I object and I, I speak my objections about God, that was really silly. They're like, what's the 80s? It's the campiness. But there, there, there's, there's a time when Pumpkinhead, who, which was ripped 100% from Alien, it's just a different take on the creature, is hunting them down. So he, he gets a hold of someone's rifle and then like he holds a shotgun and like the, the, the angle is like a low angle looking up Pumpkinhead holding a shotgun, like obviously like. A funny thing, and then he just stabs some dude with it right in the chest. Good, like, come on, man, that's just incredibly crazy. inefficient way to use a shotgun. <laughs> the worst way to use a shotgun. Uh, but yeah, that's I don't know. I watched some other stuff too. Uh, I watched a ton of stuff actually. What if you use guns as knives? That'd be pretty sweet. Actually, think about the possibilities, folks. Well, I mean, for not for nothing, but uh, the Kingsman, someone does use a gun knife. So. Uh, it's actually a sword gun, I believe. Sword, gun whatever. Blade? It's a, no. it's a sword sharp, knife. not nearly as cool. Sword gun. Got it. Sword it's, a, it's, a, it's a gun that shoots swords. It's a oh, scabby, yeah. It's I'm it's, back it's, in. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's accurate. <laughs> but I have played Borderlands. I've seen weirder shit. <laughs> like guns, when you throw them, they turn into grenades, or you throw them and they bounce around shooting yeah. other guns. Crazy. It's weird stuff. Or uh, cheeseburgers for some reason. There's a gun that shoots cheeseburgers. All right. Just talk about Borderlands for the next couple funny hours. Enough, funny enough as that is, this is episode 247 of For the Love of Cinema. It's like he doesn't even care. <laughs> <laughs> a podcast about movies, film, and cinema is posted each and every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. on Podbean, which then distributes to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Each and every week we look at the box office, current upcoming releases, what streaming trailers in the movies of the week. So without further ado, let's get into the box office. As it will surprise nobody, No Time to Die had a pretty decent opening at $56 million domestic. However, it's been out in the UK for two weeks now, and the worldwide take up to this point is $313 million. I'm surprised by that. No, I'm are not. you really? No, you no. wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that they're very happy with that. Venom, Let There Be Carnage, the second one down the list, $32 million, bringing in a worldwide of 185 That still had a pretty strong second week, too, so that's good. The Adam Family 2, not the same. 10 million domestic, bringing in a worldwide of 35 million to date. That's not great, Bob. Yeah, but I mean, but it's important to know that that's... up against the two other movies that are out there. It's, I mean, it's not bad for a third place. Yeah. No, it's not. But it's also important to note that that one is available on uh, Amazon. Amazon as well. So, But you, it's not free. You have to pay for it. But once you rent something on Amazon, you, you have it for like X number of hours or whatever. So. You can get many viewings if you want. Shang, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings bringing in an additional $4.2 million. Happy to say it did break the $400 million mark at $400,556,000. That's great. Good. Very happy about that. The Many Saints of Newark bringing in $1.5 million, bringing its worldwide total 
to 10.3 million. Not great, Bob. Not great at all. But that, that's, that's also, not great. <laughs> that's important to note. That's also on HBO Max. But that one, unlike Adam Sim 2, is available for free. So there you go. Any, any, any thoughts or concerns on that one? On that, uh, the box office boys? Nope. Feels about right. I feel like I feel like Venom's number should be higher, but I guess it is only two weeks in. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be higher too. That's a thing. Yeah. Um, well, we can examine that as we because I mean maybe it won't because this we're kind of kind of a roller coaster ride. So this past weekend brought us James Bond: No Time to Die. Then uh, October 15th is Halloween Kills: The Last Duel, and then October 22nd, Dune and Ron's Gone Wrong. October 29th is Last Night in Soho. Starting off November, Eternals and Chris. I don't know if you were here for when we talked about this. November tenth, which is a Wednesday, Clifford the Big Red Dog <laughs> makes oh, it good. makes its Clifford theatrical the release. Big old kaiju. That's him. All right, and then that following Friday, which is November twelfth, is Red Notice, the movie from Netflix with Ryan Reynolds and Dwayne Rock Johnson, and Wonder Woman herself makes a debut, but nothing uh, theatrical on November twelfth. That's interesting. Interesting. I just I just realized that. <laughs> November 19th, Ghostbusters Afterlife and King Richard. Uh, ending out November 24th, which is Thanksgiving week. Encanto, House of Gucci, National Champions, and nothing says Thanksgiving like Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. <laughs> Such an odd placement for that. Can we talk about that trailer for a minute? Sure. Um, yeah. I... <laughs> I am super as as a Resident Evil like purist. Once again, riveting to... discussion brought to you by Rogers. <laughs> I, I hope I hope I prove my point by saying yeah. As it, I mean, I am a riveting. I I am a Resident Evil loyalist when it comes to the, the the lore, and the characters in that one. I'm. It looks like they're trying at least to attempt to stick to the games. I just don't think it's gonna pay off because no one cares. And it's, um, very, it's very poorly advertised. It's not advertised correctly. So many things. So many things. I would be remiss to say that the trailer looks terrible. So well, yeah, I hope the story's good because goddamn that CGI doesn't look great. Nope, not at all. Not it's at 2021, all. people. Gotta look as good or better than the game, right? Better than the original couple of releases. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would think. You would definitely think that. But that's I would your... think. And December is somewhat of I think December is still going to be somewhat of a toss up because we have Wolf, December third Friday. I don't even know what that is. Truth be told, never heard of it. Uh, November, sorry, the December tenth, Violence of Action and West Side Story. December seventeenth. Wait, that means they moved that up. They moved that off of Christmas Day. They did indeed. I wonder why. Ooh, are they trying to get away from something? Maybe Spider Man. Spider Man. That's his name is not Phil Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> but let's look at so December 17th, Nightmare Alley, Spider-Man No Way Home. December 22nd, I mean still as of right now these movies are coming out. A Journal for Jordan, which is a Michael B Jordan movie actually. The King's yeah. Man, The Matrix Resurrections, Sing 2 and The The Tender Bar expands. Not Tinder, Tender, The Tender Bar. Uh, that, that that Friday, which is December 24th, is Don't Look Up. That comes out on Netflix. And then December 25th, which is a Saturday, actual Christmas Day, American Underdog, which is a story about uh, the football player Warner. Kurt Warner, yep. Yep. And Licorice Pizza goes wider for some reason. Good. So we have that. That'll and be that's exciting. How we're, that's how we're ending 
the year. Well, actually, the year ends with Cyrano on December 31st. I think that's a more replaceholder anyway. So, yeah, um, yeah, nothing ever comes out on New Year's Eve. That's not a thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why they would be putting it there. So it's just a placeholder. All right, gentlemen. Do you have any ex- besides Dune, Roger? Are you excited for anything else? Like Super Ghostbusters. Excited? I saw the first review for Ghostbusters came out. Yeah. Is this is it decent? Uh, yeah. I tend to stay away from it, but I remember when you said, "Like, okay, Dear Evan Hansen came out December twenty fourth, and sorry, September twenty fourth, and September like the first week of September, you're like, um, I've seen some reviews for Dear Evan Hansen, maybe the worst movie ever made. <laughs> Not sure, and that really kind of killed it for me, but I was so excited to see it. But um, when early reviews come out and they're bad, do you think that hurts movies? Like, do you think that hurts attendance? No, well, I mean, it has to, right? It can't help. Unless somebody's like hell bent on seeing something, I mean, I like, so. So, so who's paying attention to such an early review to something though, like that? You know, I don't know. I mean, it was a legit review though, so yeah, I, I get that. But it's one of those things where it's like, I can't tell you a time that I've wanted to see a movie that I read a I read a review ahead of time that was good or bad. I went, well, not seeing that one now. No, you know I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you going. on that because I mean, we're still a month out from the movie, so. Yeah. I thought it was curious timing for them to put it out, but, I mean, whatever. Normally, when people have seen movies at this point, they're embargoed. You know what I mean? Oh, that they yeah. can't say, yeah. it needs to be like, hey, yeah. I saw it, I can't tell you any details until mm-hmm. this date. On this date, I'll have the full review, you know, because they can normally say, hey, I'm even embargoed, mostly positive, got some things to say about it, you know, talk to me in three weeks. But, like, that's not this. <laughs> so, yeah. Whatever, bring it on. Yeah, I mean, early reviews are early reviews have always been a thing, but mostly mostly for the bigger stuff, it used to used to only matter. But now I want to be an early reviewer. Do you? I I deserve that. Oh yeah, out of all the people here, yes, me with your many (laughs) accolades. (laughs) Yes, out of all the quote, out of all the people here, yes, me. End quote. Roger (laughs) Stallion. All right, let's take a look at what's streaming this week. We're taking a look at Disney Plus. This is Halloween, so of course, Hocus Pocus by director Kenny Ortega, Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, Kathy Najime, 1993. That movie is a cult classic, I would think, by now. People love that one. You want to know a fun story? I've never watched that movie. I've never seen it either. And the way that people talk about it, I'll never watch that movie. (laughs) Yeah, I have no interest in it. Fair. It's hilarious. I bet it's not. Well, I mean, it's 1993 hilarious. Oh, yeah, maybe in the 90s it was hilarious. Listen, I will still watch Gremlins. That's way older than that. And that's your rules. That's true. Gremlins is also a Christmas movie. Thank you. All right. Pixar Soul by director Pete Docter and Kemp Powers. Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey, Graham Norton, Richard Aoti, Angela Bassett, Wes Studi, David Diggs. 2020. Yeah, I think we were all in the seven or eight range on that one. I mean, that's Pixar. That's That's really hard to. I mean, that's. Pixar's got a pretty good track record. That was also very, very good. All right. And something I think that the younger audience might appreciate, or if you saw it when you were younger, because it's now 17 years old, The Haunted Mansion by director Rob Minkoff. Eddie Murphy, Marsha Thompson, Terrence Stamp, Wallace Shawn, 2003. Rob, do you remember that one? Chris, you remember that one? Either one of you? I do, but I want to call you out for something. What's that? I Listen, I'm very happy that you picked Soul because it's a good movie. But damn, dude, you should have picked Coco. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, it's also I was. He's like, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> good. I mean, look, I got a cup with Haunted well, Mansion, Hocus Pocus, got the guy. Listen, so Soul's great, 
and you know, well, Coco's better though. Coco's well, better. Co- visually, Coco's an amazing movie. Yeah, it's well, just especially like like I, when I first watched Coco, I didn't watch it on a 4K TV. I've seen it a few times now. Oh on, on a yeah, it's what a game changer! Gorgeous on 4K. They they do such. A, it, it's it's like when someone like I mean, same thing with Loki. When we watch Loki, I've watched some of that off of 4K and then on 4K. That show was gorgeous with just the colors. It's so good. He's so pretty. He's so pretty. I have a question. I have a question about that. What? About Loki. Well, more, what? more, more, more importantly, Tom Hiddleston. I got into an argument with someone on Plus with Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, how did you do that? God. I got into an, I got into an argument. Yes, yes. yes. with with Tom Hiddleston himself. Did you invite him to the show? I did not, unfortunately. Ah, Sorry, Jesus Roger. Christ. So I got into an argument with someone about. We were talking about the Avengers, the last two movies, Endgame, and then or um, Infinity War Infinity and Endgame. War, yeah. And then for somehow we got stuck on the topic of uh, Loki. And I said, well, look, anyone with half a brain knew Loki wasn't – Loki the character wasn't dead from Thanos killing him. Men like Loki don't die like that. He hasn't gotten his fort – like his his time with Thor. He hasn't gotten his time with his – you know, see his mom again. He doesn't – then he, he argued, no, 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 no. That was, that was his redemption – arc that was the end of his arc when he sacrificed himself to kill i'm like i don't think that was a sacrificial moment i don't how do you guys see that moment when he tries to kill thanos and fails i mean that guy died yeah i mean that that loki died 100 well, so you think you think loki's not going to show up again in the no i didn't, no, say, I didn't that. say that but i mean that's what i mean loki like tom hiddleston gone from the okay like marvel's like, okay tom you're 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 wrapped. You're wrapped. Enjoy the rest of your movie career. I'm I'm, I'm not talking about another, another Loki from another universe. I'm talking about that. I'm talking about Loki in general. Loki in general. I mean, it, it, it's a it's a difficult conversation to have in without having right. like exact context. But um, that Loki died done. But like, yeah, Loki being done as a character. Well, no, and and they and they had a way they were going to do that. But that moment was a sac. What well, was a sac? It wasn't. Maybe not sacrifice, but it was defiance because Loki started out as Thanos' lackey in some way, shape, or form. But that was that was a, a mainly a moment of defiance, I guess is a better way to put it. I don't think it's I, I don't think it's a heroic moment, and I don't think it's a redemption moment. You're right. I think it's more more of a you you don't tell me what to do kind of moment. Well, defiance can be redemption because before he was you know a sniveling worm underneath Thanos' thumb. Right. I just I just we got into like a heated argument and it got a little <laughs> a little more heated than it should have been. But I was like, okay, maybe we should just walk away from this. <laughs> I am shocked uh, that you got in a heated argument about something that should not have been in a heated argument. <laughs> Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Uh, well, that was just some little Good. question. I, I, you know, the viewer, listener, I wonder how you feel like that went because I kind of have I have strong opinions one way. Uh, I guess he had had strong opinions the other way, but I don't know. Just you know, kind of think about that if you have time. All I don't right. think I, I don't think Loki for a moment think, thought he was going to kill Thanos in that in, in that in that spot. I don't know. That, that, that was in his head. So why try? Again, it was the defiance, which is which is a heroic act at times. Depends on how it's. Yeah, done. it can be. Sure, sure. Yeah. sure. I I get that. Um. All right. Well, let's put that to bed for right now. Let's mm-hmm. talk about trailers. A big trailer hit this week, gentlemen. I mean, regardless, you can argue that it's not, but House of Dragon, the prequel to Game of Thrones, the trailer debuted this week. What do you guys think? I am <laughs> all. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Yeah. I haven't thought about Game of Thrones for like. A year and a half now, two years, and when I saw that trailer, from the time I saw that trailer in the morning, Roger, you put that in the so sometime you texted it to me and put and I put the trailer in our social media. From that morning at like eight o'clock till lunch, I was seething with anger and frustration. Again. <laughs> I was so mad. 
I was like, no, fuck this show. I'm not, no, no. I'm just, they don't. I'm just picturing Grayson sitting at some table by himself, like, you know, eating, uh, angrily eating a salad, like just slamming his fork. And oh, Rob, someone was like, what's wrong, Grayson? No, you're you're wrong, though. He's sitting there and he's holding his, like, water bottle yeah. and it's just crushed <laughs> in his hand and it's just shaking it. Like, he's just trying to be normal yeah. and it's just, like, vibrating. Well, so the more I thought like, about you okay, bro? So, yeah! like, what's wrong, Grayson? Goddamn Game of Thrones! <laughs> so, the more I thought about it, the more I want to ask you this question. And I, I want an honest answer from you guys. Do you think the ending of Season 8, and don't disillusion yourself out there, anyone out there, Season 8 was atrocious. It answered no questions, and it gave you more. So, those apologetics, what would you call them? Um, apologetics out there for the show, those people who try to say, no, that, that was actually a very fitting ending. I don't... Nobody thinks that. Honestly. I mean, I've met a few. I, I can literally think of two. Good. Bring um, them on the show, and I'll destroy them. Oh, this well, I do, well, I don't... So, okay. Do you think the ending of Game of Thrones did damage to the viewership that that will come for the for this... For the for episode one, at least, of this... Do you? House of Dragons? No, no, I don't. Uh, I believe there's a percentage of... A very small percentage of the people that watched Game of Thrones that will use season eight as an excuse... Or the catalyst to not come back, yes. But I don't think it's I don't think it's as big as anyone thinks it is. I think it's small. I bet you they do fucking massive numbers. What do you, wait, Chris, Chris, what do you mean it's going to be small? The amount of people that don't come back to oh, watch. Oh, oh, I thought you meant the show's going to be small. I'm no, like, oh, no, no, it's, it's, it's going to crush everything. Yeah. We know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. I, I, I didn't know to what context you were making your, your, your comment. But, you know, I think you yeah. guys are right. I think, if anything, it might deter... A very small percentage of people, but they will come back once the first season is good, and then then they hear it's good, they'll come back. Now, here's what I don't understand: is for like the past year and a half or two years now, weren't we told it was going to be a thousand years in the past? Uh, I thought they said a thousand, but it's only three hundred. Two hundred. Three hundred. Oh, the story. The, the story of House Targaryen is set two hundred before the events of Game of Thrones. IMDb, literally. So. I mean, doesn't it say in the trailer? 300? It says no. It says two hundred in the trailer. I watched the trailer nine times. Um, what do you guys think about the trailer? Tell me. As a way to, uh, you know, reveal and unveil the prequel. How do you guys feel about it? Tell me. Come on. We, we talked about Game of Thrones season eight passionately on this show. Well, yeah. So I mean, so you, uh, it was quiet there because you, you cut out for a second. But um, I don't. I, I'm the guy that doesn't like prequels, though. So you see, like this is. I'm probably one of the people that isn't going to come back and watch this. After the way the way season eight went, and just the story they're choosing to go with, and where it's taking place at, I'm probably not. I have no interest in this show so far, and the trailer didn't help me gain interest. You know what I mean? So with what we've got so far, I'm not gonna come back to it. I'll, I'm one of the people that are gonna wait to see what everyone else says about it, see if it's even worth my time. Because there's so much in, our, in like my slate of things to watch, and I think my wife's on board with me on that. I don't think we have any interest in coming back and watching it. We watched the whole. You know the whole eight seasons. Of Wait, no, no, hold, hold on. Said I, I have a legitimate question. This is going to sound like an egotistical, you know, thumb up in the air when I'm when I'm drinking a glass of wine. Question, but it's not. Nothing. I mean, Game of Thrones is. I think you'd find very little argument. Like some of the best television ever produced, if I not agree. if not the best. So, what the hell is on your slate that's more important to you than Game of Thrones? Um, a show that didn't end up wasting my time for an entire season. I'm not quite sure. See, that's the thing. I'm not quite sure. Season eight wasted our time. I just. I don't think it respected our time. 
What's the difference? Yeah, that's kind of the same thing in my book. I know. So, again, there's also the perfect storm for me that I don't like prequel stories. That's, I that's, don't like that's fair. And we're going to talk about one. I know where things are going. Like, well, the only thing that, yeah. the, the main that interests me in a show a lot of times is is like is the things that keep me guessing and you know the, and how i get roped into like you know trying to figure out what's happening as it's happening with other people i know endpoints to some of this stuff all right that's, that's that kinda, fair that, that, that kind of pulls it down for me well the other the other part of it is too there are some people who just still like to binge things and don't watch week to week true they'll yeah. wait that's about, uh, 10 weeks that. and then watch 10 episodes in two days yeah people do that all the time so yeah, but I just don't think it happens. You might have some skeptics in the. You might have some skeptics in the beginning here, thinking, "Hey, I don't know, man." But I mean, we'll see. I'm sure it'll do huge numbers, and HBO will be fine. But I mean, is what it is. I just want it to be good. I just want <laughs> it to be good. I, um, I want it to be better than season eight. That's my bar, which isn't very high. That's pretty low. You know what I mean? Like, like if no. It, I mean, if you want it to be fair, it needs to be like. As good as like season two, season one, two, and three, I think are the highlight of Game of Thrones. But no, see, you're wrong there. It's three, four, and five. See, I never see that's because one and two aren't that great. Well, it's a lot of information thrown at you really quick. One does a lot, does a really good job. We we could talk about this for two episodes. I want to preface that so we don't get buried into this. But season one does such a good job of setting the groundwork for what you're going to experience in that show. It's a it's a brilliant first season of anything you've seen on TV. So to say season one is you know isn't as good as three you know three point five, it depends on on what you're talking about in that sense. Is season three the best season? I think so, but I also like season I also like season six and seven a lot personally. But well, see, see, season there are things seven, that are happening there that I really like. Season seven is I think one of the weaker seasons, but it's one of my favorites because everyone is starting to work together, and like I really like that kind of. You have so few pieces left on the board to repel this attack, but I mean they all have to work to. Like for instance, well, yeah. when they when when they end up on the rock, and they're fighting that like undead horde, and the dragon has to come rest. Like that's just like it might not. That's like Fast and the Furious. Like spectacally, it's awesome, but story wise, it's like what in the hell are you doing with this? But I mean, it's just fun the to watch. White dragon, time. baby. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all knew that dragon was coming out of the water. Look, I'm getting like goosebumps. I can't even like sit still right now talking about this season eight, and then I just I can't I just. Took me a year and a half to forget that, and took all four hours to me just to be like, "No, not again." But I, mean, I think I'm going to look for a supercut of all the, of all the, like the big, huge moments of Game of Thrones. See if I can't watch them over a couple over a couple of hours. Because I, I, I bet that'd be pretty cool too. Now, just like well, it, it doesn't really do you any good to like rewatch Game of Thrones before this because like none of the, I mean. No one's alive. That I mean, I just well, wonder how much they'll change their own lore. Well, I mean, one the one you know person. Oh, yeah. Well, hold on. The one thing we will see though is the woman in red. I, I forget her name, but she's definitely going to be. She's oh. definitely going to be there. <clears throat> she's been alive right. for, you know, that's enough years. Game of Thrones talk. All right, whatever. <laughs> well, like I said, we can talk about this for two episodes. I think we're excited. I mean, we, that's only the teaser trailer. It's like it's it's just it's barely a minute. So check that out if you have not seen it. It is on our social media website. So check that out. Um, I think you'll be excited if you're a Game of Thrones fan. All right. Let's talk about Peacemaker, <laughs> which I just laughed endlessly at this trailer with John Cena. Uh, this is another episodic. But what do, you, what, do you, what do you guys think about all these episodics? Tell me. Okay, this is, this, is what, this is what I hope for. I hope to God this isn't a prequel. I know it probably is, but I hope it isn't because I love that character in that what, movie. What if it arcs? What if it starts and then picks up after? I'm okay with that. Okay. I'm okay with that, 100%. Yeah. All right, because I I think that's what we're going to okay. do. Okay. 
I, I love this character. Now, obviously, they loved him enough to already, you know, make him a showrunner. So that's cool as hell. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited for this. This, this is. I think this will be funny. This will be good. Like, like I don't know, something lighter that you can watch. I'm excited for this one. I mean, listen, I have the real. It's the boys type of feel. Yeah, this, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, very here's much. The, here's okay the with IMDb that. description, which I think okay. is great. The origin of the DC superheroes so dedicated to world peace that he is prepared to use force of arms to achieve it. <laughs> wonderful, Good. wonderful. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there. It is, it is pretty much. He comes in and sits down with some people that he apparently knows. They're the people from the team. Yeah. Oh, so they're the team. Okay, okay, copy. Uh, maybe I didn't make that connection, but I thought that may have been. So they, they're, they're all kind of making fun of him, and he's the only one kind of defending himself. But it's wonderful. If you have not seen that one, wait, are they? Okay, they're they're the okay they're the team then. Okay, yeah. I mean, he just I don't know. His characters are so so blatantly oblivious and serious about like the things that he believes in. It's it's endearing. Yes, and it's hilarious. It but, kind yeah, of is eagle. in a weird way. It's an eagle. Why wouldn't it be an eagle? <laughs> it's just perfect. Um. Yeah. That's it's just one of those things. Uh, the 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 under the original. The, so the official HBO Max uh, banner for Peacemaker under it says. Give peace a fucking chance with the you taken out and putting a hashtag in. Good, perfect. That's how their, that's how their hashtag in it. But I'm excited. I mean, you guys are all in for this. Yeah, no, I am. I, I like that character in that movie. All right, fair enough. I think it's until it's bad. I don't have a reason to say I'm not excited for it because I am. Agreed. So, all right, that's Peacemaker. Let's take a look at. Um, well, Sorry, I'm having trouble with the connection. <laughs> Thanks. What's what's going on over there, guys? I don't know. There's no random <laughs> yeah, we got random we got we got random sounds in, in our studio. All right, let's talk about Cyrano, gentlemen. Cyrano, what do you guys think about this one? It's, what, it's what, is weird. This? what what is this? Yeah, yeah, you tell us this time because you always make us hold on. Well, just give me give me I'll, I will give me your each of you give me your your ten second take on this. I thought I did when I said what what is this? <laughs> come on, come on. I mean, is this some weird like love story with it Peter Dinklage and Cyrano um, de Bergerac? I had to read this in seventh grade. Is someone is a, is a man who does not look at all handsome, but he gets a handsome man who's a lot dumber than he is to court the girl that he wants to court. To but, woo her, but he writes everything. So it's wait, one of those didn't, we saw, didn't we already see this with movie? Paul Munsky? Yeah, yeah, where's Munsky? Sausage. Where's Munsky? And I brought this up. This is a Cyrano story. And you guys are like, what the hell is Cyrano de Bergerac? I'm like, wow. Well, I still think that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the IMDb description is this. Too self-conscious to woo Roxanne himself, wordsmith Cyrano de Bergerac helps young Christian nab her heart through love letters. So, I mean, that's, you know... Cyrano is whenever you hear Cyrano, it means that it's going to be two people in one set of letters. Hmm. This looks like a weird, um, one of those weird a Knight's Tale type things where like people are going to be very aware, of, like you know what I mean. Like, the movie is very aware of what it is. Can I ask a serious question? Of course. Is there people that think that Peter Dinklage isn't handsome just because he's a dwarf? That sounds very disturbing. Right? Is that because <laughs> I mean, I think he's a handsome guy. Yeah, he's a yeah, handsome, of course right? a handsome yeah. dude. Yeah, I can't be the only guy that thinks that. <laughs> no, right? of course not. Right? Guy guys. Team? No, he's a, he's All a right handsome there. guy. He's a handsome <laughs> guy. All right. Do you, we do? Do we get our our jollies out? Oh, we did. I don't know. All right. All right. Probably not. <laughs> Haley Bennett, Ben Mendelsohn, Peter Dinklage. Those those. It's a smaller cast with three namers, but those are good. That's those are good. Those are good people. Those are. It's a good cast. 
Uh, Joe Wright is directing. I don't know how really to take this other than just kind of see how it goes when we get it. Yeah. Because I, mean, I, mean, I guess we'll, I guess I'm excited we'll find out, right? It. I'm excited for it, but I can't imagine many people seeing this trailer and being like, oh, yes, opening day, watching that. <laughs> Finally, the Cyrano movie I've been waiting for. <laughs> mm, I don't know, man. Yeah, so we'll see, but uh, I, I mean, know. I, I, hope, I hope it's good. You know, I I, I want I want everything Peter Dinklage. I like I like Dinklage, man. He's good. Yeah. So, so is Haley Bennett, and so is Ben Mendelsohn. <laughs> so, they're all good. I mean, it's just a matter of let's be honest. The biggest actor here is Dinklage. Of course, uh-huh. it, well, figuratively, no. Get but it? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. I'm excited for it. I think I'm the most excited of the three of us because I remember it from seventh grade literature. But you know. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. That's mean-spirited, Chris. Yeah, it is. It is, Chris. Damn, dude. All right, Roger, let's take five minutes to talk about the ending of season two of Ted Lasso. You guys going to cry together? I hope so. <laughs> that's a damn good show, man. Listen, the end of Ted Lasso? Fucking awesome. It re- it's a really intense <laughs> episode. <laughs> it's an extremely intense episode. That- it really is, too. Yeah, a lot of custom. A lot of time is still just, uh, like... 20. No, they're always they're always like thirty five to like forty five minutes. This was like forty seven, so it wasn't maybe a couple extra. Minutes. Yeah, it wasn't nothing different. Yeah, they're they're not consistent. They're like we need to tell this part of the story. And if it takes thirty one minutes, fine. If it takes forty five minutes, fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, they don't have okay. to fill. They don't have to fill any time slot. Nope. But yeah, I mean, it, you know, I like this episode a lot. It was. uh Really hammered home the rift between uh, Ted and Nate, um, which was a bit unexpected, but goddamn what a great scene it was. Um, so I hope everybody sees it. Um, they draw in their last game against last match against Brentford, end up coming up the back to the Premier League, which is a good thing because uh, they got the rights to use anything that they need for the Premier League for next season. So that's awesome. Like teams, players, whatever they want. So. That's cool. Rupert's back. Bought a team in the Premier League, old West Ham United, the Aww. Hammers. So that's a real team, by the way. <laughs> and of course, someone is standing there on the field. I don't want to ruin it, but if you no, haven't seen you it. You can watch that yourself. You can watch, man, the hell of a, and it's the Sam Obasanya, uh, whatever epic character comes to, not character, episode comes to an end when he says no to the person the trying billionaire. to, the billionaire trying to recruit and play for the Nigerian national team. And then he ends up losing his mind. <laughs> F you, he's like just in the hallway knocking stuff over. Hilarious. Yeah, pretty funny. Very immature. And he's like pooping on a dummy, which is hilarious too. Yes. Um, this is a great episode. I can't understate enough. If you're out there and you consider yourself a cinephile, you're not watching Ted, Ted Lasso, you're just missing out on a great story, on a great character. Well, several great characters. I mean, Ted Lasso is it's as strong as anything. Um, Roy Kent is a great character. Keely is becoming her own wonderful character. Um, everything about this show is just, it's really a home run. And I, I really, the three people I forced, like literally almost forced to watch it have thanked me. And they're like, yeah, we're, we love this show. Thank you. Um, just do yourself a favor, watch. And if if you're, if you have Apple plus Apple TV plus, and you have some time, watch two episodes and just give it, give it two or three episodes. And if you don't like it, turn it off, but give it to, I wouldn't, this is game of Thrones level television. You know, it's like it's it's super high. Would you agree with that, Roger? Or no? Yeah, it's great. So, I loved it. I cannot wait for season thirty-three. How many seasons of this do you think we're going to get, Roger? And, three. And, and, and I'll say, you think only three? Three. That's why. Cool. I mean, that's what they said. It was they were. 
The original plan was only for three, so I guess I, we'll find out. I wonder what seven, what seven Emmy wins is going to do for that original episode run. We can think it'll make mm. it longer. Hope so. They but, didn't win quite a few. But you know what? If it ends good, sometimes it's okay to end. That's as long as saying. it ends spectacularly. I just I don't like shows that overstay their welcome. That kind of you know come in for 10, 10 seasons. I mean, some Simpsons is still going on. People, The Simpsons is literally still going on. Isn't it? Yeah. Aren't, there, aren't there new episodes of The Simpsons now? Yeah, there are. Yeah, it's like what? So they're advertising for their next uh, Halloween special, The Treehouse of Horrors, like number 32 what? or some shit. And I was like, yes, good. <laughs> That's all on um, Disney Plus, by the way. Oh, uh, yeah. All 35 seasons or whatever. Jeez. So That's what it out. needs to be. That's... Ted Lasso, amazing. I just I cannot tell you enough. Ted Lasso is amazing. Ted Lasso is probably better as content than. Most of the things, that, most of the films that came out this year, it's better than most of the movies I've watched ever. Like that's, no, that's not an exaggeration no, or a joke. It's not, and people are like, "No, it's not." Like, also, I've watched some complete talk. dog shit this year. So, yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, gentlemen, let us talk about uh, the the many saints of Newark, available theatrically and HBO Max, a Soprano story that acts as, acts as a prequel to the Emmy Award winning, game changing in television, The Sopranos. Yes. So, Roger, why don't you tell us a little bit of what The Many Saints of Newark is about? So, legitimately, this is a prequel for many years before the timeline of The Sopranos. We get to see uh, some of the ancestry behind the Soprano family that we come to know over the years with HBO, with, like, Tony being there as a young boy, and his parent, or his dad, his uncle, and all those guys in the crime family that they build up from there. That's a, that's a pretty accurate. Uh, Chris, what, 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 just before I go into the particulars, give me your 10 seconds on uh, on this movie, if you could. On my overall thoughts on it? or Oh, Chris, Chris. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, my, quick, my quick 10 second is, this movie was an interesting, interesting movie, great cast, fantastic acting, a little bit of an abrupt ending would be my, my quick 10 seconds. Sopranos right. does that. Yeah, yeah Sopranos has a to do that. Uh, they, they also cut a scene with Edie Falco re- re- reprising her character. So I imagine that came at a kind of a late, late, a late hour in the development of this. But So the particulars. All right, cast. Alessandro Nivola as Richard Dickey Moltisani. Michael Gandolfini. Gen, um, what's the guy's name who passed away? Who's the Gandolfini that passed away? Oh, about? James, his dad. Oh, yeah, his dad. Yeah, yeah, that's that's literally the son of older yeah. Gandolfini who passed Jesus away. Jesus Christ, he looks just like him. Yeah, really <laughs> Leslie Odom Jr. as Harold McBrayer. Ray Liotta plays two roles. Hollywood Dick Maltesani and Salvatore Sally Maltesani. Vera Farmiga, very impressive makeup on Vera, by the way, I will say. As Olivia Soprano. John Bernthal, Roger, you love him. Chris, you love him. As, as the Punisher. Oh. <laughs> as Frank Castle. Yeah. As Johnny Soprano. Corey Stoll as Corrado Jr. Soprano. Billy Mugson as Polly Walnuts. Oh, man. Gaultieri. I'm going to pronounce that. And the list goes on. All right. So this is... I want to just talk about... We've seen the trailer now. This is one of the trailers through COVID we saw just so many times on so yep. many different movies that my take from the theatrical trailer was this was going to be a story of young Anthony Soprano with him being the focus on his young years and how he came up to be kind of understand how the family works. 
This movie yep. is not that. It is not that at all. I wonder why they chose to advertise it like that. I mean, you, you, you might argue to say, well, they needed the name. I'm like, but they already had the name The Sopranos. Do, 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 they need to, do they need to lie to you about, to get you in the seat about Tony Soprano? I don't know, but they did. <laughs> they most certainly did. Now, this, this movie, the thing is, so it's being narrated by someone who dies many years later, killed by... Yeah, that by, was nice. Michael by, Imperioli. Oh, yeah. Chris. Yeah, so there's a yeah, pretty yeah. hard spoiler if you've never seen Sopranos right <laughs> at the beginning of this movie. Warning for anyone who hasn't seen The Sopranos like I haven't. <laughs> hey, Chris is going to die in 2007. Weird. <laughs> um, well, He's going to choke him to death. <laughs> so I heard. <laughs> <laughs> You know, her. Because you have not watched The Sopranos, right? I have not. No, okay. like maybe like five to ten episodes here and there throughout the entirety of my life. So, one thing I would recommend, and obviously do with what you will with your time, if you get a chance to actually watch the run of The Sopranos, it is very good television. Yeah, like some of the best. I mean, it's kind of like the original HBO show that you know, led us to get the kind of quality stuff that we get now. Yeah, um, but it's because of that. Okay. So, some of it, like, uh, I wasn't an original H- uh, uh, Sopranos adopter because I didn't have HBO until I got a little bit older in my life. Um, so I went back. This is back when I legitimately had to just bring it up on On Demand yeah. and watched each piece to get caught up through the years. So it was kind of, it's very good, very good to watch. And it's a lot easier to do that stuff now than what it was yeah, five, absolutely. ten years ago. So Okay. So I've only seen, admittedly, I've never finished as Sopranos. So I'm I'm like two or three seasons short, but I mean, from what I saw, I remember it being pretty amazing. I just kind of got into other things at the time because there's a pretty noticeable drop off in quality as it goes on. Uh, the first few seasons, in my opinion, at least were pretty strong. Uh, but I heard people say that other seasons were not as strong that came later. Well, some of the stuff that happened with the Sopranos and one of the reasons most people think it dropped off, there was basically a two and a half year gap in between one of the Sopranos seasons. Two and a half years. That's a long time. That's forever in episodic TV. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Forever. I mean, it like, really we've is. gotten, like, four Spider-Man movies in two and a half years. Three Sp- It'll be three Spider-Man movies in three years. So, <laughs> yeah. I want you to think about that for a minute. Yeah, of course. But if you do get a chance to watch it, absolutely take a chance on it. Um, since I guess I'm the one that's watched all the Sopranos, I'll go ahead and express my feelings. Um the one thing I would like to note is I, I enjoyed this as a story, um, but it definitely felt like to me it's just an overly long double episode of The Sopranos. I don't get the whole it's a movie vibe. Um, I understand, yes, they went over a large amount of time, like many, at least, what, seven years, basically, yeah, yeah, that yeah. time passed along. Um, but I never felt that that was that important. Um, it does fill in some gaps about people that have died or that are already dead when the Sopranos start and maybe who killed them. Um, so that was kind of interesting. But overall, I just don't see why this is how it is and why they market it as like a Tony thing. Because it's not. Tony is there, sure. But like there's definitely the other members of the family in the revolving around it. So yeah, I, I just don't know. Um, that... I mean, some parts were interesting to me. Some parts were boring to me. And some parts I'm like, who gives a shit? So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, after all this time, this is what you decide to give us. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't think that that's okay. Like, 
the acting's great. Sure, oh God, the, the people, acting is stellar. The people they have is fine, but the story doesn't make any sense for where I thought they were going to push. Now, I do know, and this is true, that they are making a sequel to this movie. Okay. Which leads me to believe what me and you were talking about before we started, Chris, is I would be more or as comfortable with this being like the first three episodes of the new Sopranos prequel. Yeah. And then picking up right after this for the next couple of years before yes. the Sopranos actually yeah, this, started. This, this, feel, this feels like it needs to be like, like a special miniseries, like one like one season thing by HBO and yeah. like paying homage to the Sopranos like series. I think it makes more sense that way. Because there's because there's a lot of story they can cover here and they try to cover a lot of story in the movie and they and they do a, they do effectively cover a lot of things, but everything just feels very pieced. And then again, like I start like this movie just stops. And it was and it was abrupt, and that kind of like it jarred me at the end of the movie, and it was like, huh, okay. Well, there, there, there really wasn't, there really wasn't like a, like a like a, a third act. Like there really wasn't like a you could tell. No, nope, this is definitely a third act because this is the final fight. You know, like every Marvel movie definitely has the third act. This, you know, this reminds me of, um, and you guys, can... a long episode of a TV show. <laughs> well, it reminds me of um, the the film The Watchmen. Because how it just they get to the guy and then they talk and Rorschach explodes and then it's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's kind of, well, that's almost exactly what happens here. That's my point, though. Is like it's yeah. such an anticlimactic ending. Now I know that the whole thing builds to like it is slowly and methodically building to you know, Maltesani is either going to kill his competition or they're going to get him. I mean, you pretty much know that, and sure. the fact that he's not a character in The Sopranos, so you know it's most likely something's going to happen to him. Sure. Yep. I mean, they um, talk about him all the yeah, time. I was, saying, uh, I, I was told that, that Uncle Dick comes up a good bit yep. in the actual show, at least at some points. So let me ask you this then. If Now, Roger, you're the only one out of all three of us that, that finished it, watched Sopranos from start to finish. I mean, yep. not even like binge it, but like from, you know, you have completed the whole. Yes, I'm older of, than you. Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> okay, great. So wouldn't it have been better to maybe market this towards like. No, now we get to hear Uncle Dickie's story. Like, wouldn't it have been better instead of... Instead well, yeah, that's, that's definitely a downfall of this. The way that every trailer makes it look like, hey, this is young Tony and how he gets into the family. Shit, no, it ain't. It's not. It's like the opposite of that, right? He's he's like a... He's like a kid. You Literally, if you took him out of this story, if you somehow edited Tony Soprano out of this story... I don't think things change a whole lot. Not too much. Not too much. Well, th- I mean, the whole thing with let it stay out of his life. Yeah, yeah. That really kind of, I mean, that that kind of pushes him over the edge in the end. Although still, he loves fist fights with sandwiches. Yeah, hit that kid. In the, he he pretty much slapped that kid in the face. Open palm slap, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> that was funny to me. Um, I, the movie. Here's the problem that like I noticed real quick, and this has a problem to do with like with how you enjoy it is the pacing of this movie is so off um and towards the end there's this one scene where two people are having this incredible like rekindling of love and then not 30 seconds later someone's being killed in the ocean and her body's floating away like so bipolar and i understand like that's kind of like the gangster lifestyle i get it but a movie can't be like that someone once told me that people die every day (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes they get choked to death and thrown in the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Allegedly. So I'm interested because, Chris, you don't really have much experience with The Sopranos. Now, let me ask you this. 
if this movie came out and, and you weren't aware that this was a part of a TV show at all, yeah. which you have the least experience of all out of all three of us, would would that make any difference to you that knowing there was a TV show or not, having seen what we've seen for this movie, The Many Saints of Newark? Well, I mean, to be honest, the fact that I knew there was such a prolific TV show that already happened that was so popular helped helped me like try to be excited for this thing. So if there was no knowledge of that going in, I think it would have hurt the movie for me because I would have been less excited and then way more let down once it played out because I wouldn't have known there was anything that it was like going to that could be better than what I saw because I didn't really enjoy this movie and I really wanted to because the acting and the cast is so good. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's seconds and almost nothing. But yeah, the cast is great. You know, it's just, I think it's just a little bit of, they wanted to do, you could tell that they wanted to do a lot with this and ended up, I think what we, the, the, the 120 minutes that we got, I think was, if I had to guess, was vastly edited down. I'm sure. I bet you there's like a three hour cut of this. I'm sure. And it probably makes a little more sense. I would at least hope anyway, because this one doesn't, I mean, I'm going to throw it out there. I don't think this movie in, in like its own thing in a, in a, in a, in its own enclosed space, I don't think this movie makes a whole lot of sense. No, it, it's a mediocre gangster movie that has the Sopranos in it. Yeah, yeah um, that, that's and, true. And you would expect it to be more one because of the quality of the cast, but the story is just not very strong. It's like I think they had like so many points that they're like, "Hey, we have to get this in there." You know, we got to get X, Y, and Z into yeah. this movie. Yep. Okay. We should make this At, happen. Yeah. That After of, that, yeah. we're going to do whatever we want. Yeah. Okay. And I understand the creative part of that. But to get from point A to point B, it felt like some of the stuff they're just kind of thrown at you because it happens so spontaneously and all of a sudden. And it definitely, this movie isn't good enough to rush over that because it's mediocre. Yeah. I agree. It's almost like they wanted. I I can't. I've been trying to think before we started shooting. I'm trying to think all day. Why would they edit it down, knowing it's going to be on HBO Max and people can? I mean, you can legitimately like. You know what? I, I'm not enjoying this. As I thought I'm gonna. I'm just gonna take a ten minute break. Go make myself some food. Whatever. Come come back with a drink. That's the advantage you have. So why wouldn't you just release the longer cut? Well, that's the thing. I was actually surprised that this is just two hours long because it's not two hours and 15, 220. It's two hours. On the dog almost. Yeah. And I'm like, that's for what this movie could have been. It's not that much. Is there a chance that they were shooting this and, you know, and they realized how long this thing was going to run all of a sudden and they went, well, let's do it this way and split it into two. You know what I mean? Like, like, is that something they could have decided? Because th- that, that's what it feels like. Well, I mean, like this is the setup for the actual Tony Soprano coming into the family movie. That's what this feels like. Cause but does it to the, you? Because I didn't feel like Tony Soprano mattered in this story whatsoever. That's kind of my point. Like, this is the movie of everything that came before where that becomes like a very prevalent piece of like, Tony's story. Like, this movie's happening with Tony kind of on the outskirts, right? This whole movie is kind of like, well, Tony's here, he's here, but he's not a part of all of this. So like, it's like, it's like the very beginnings of like how he's experiencing the family from the outside. And then it's him trying to get into the family after that or or whatever happens. You know what I mean? That's what it feels like this could be setting up, but I just, I just don't understand how, like how so much ground is covered in this movie and nothing freaking happens. So let me ask, sorry, I don't want to step on you there, Grayson, but let me ask one question here. Um, And this is to both you guys, because I've been thinking about what you said, Chris, about 
you know, this would be better as a miniseries. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly, yeah. actually, because yes, obviously people are excited. It's Sopranos. It's a movie, blah, blah, blah. But if they'd have come out and been like, hey, listen, we're going to give you a 10 episode, you know, first episode's two hours. Each one of that's an hour afterwards of a, like a mini series for the beginning of the Sopranos story. Wouldn't you like they're the same people that saw this movie been like, hell yes, yes. I'm here for this. 100%. Like yeah. they would be there for that. Yep. It's like, I don't understand why they went this direction. That would get you HBO Max subscriptions. Too. Oh, yes, it would. 100%. Way more than, than, than this like small piece will get you. You know, to bring Sopranos fans back for a whole for another a season. full season. Yeah, I think I think that definitely sells your HBO Max right yep. there. Be like, hey, listen, HBO Max only. Yeah, you know, let's go. We're gonna have this for three months, hon. Add it to the bills. You know yep. what I mean? Because that's hundred percent. Yep. No, I, yeah, that's ex- I think that's exactly what what should have happened. That would have been you would have the same fans way more excited for that too. I think. And you probably get a better story. A more complete story. Well, there's no way you don't, right? Because you can tell way more story and get and let each of these hugely huge casted characters and great actors and supporting cast get to have their big moments. You know, you know, get their pieces of their episodes instead of just getting these small sprinkles of them. And you just want more of it. Yep. Yeah. Great. I guess, that. No, that's what I was going to say. I, I think this would have been better served as a miniseries, given how it's you know it's going to be on. I, I think. HBO should have made that call a long time ago. Everyone's obsessed well, with making everything films, films, films. But especially because now they said they were going to make a sequel to this movie. Yeah. Why? Well, I mean, yeah, so, so, um, so, I was saying yeah. that, like, you don't have to even worry about, you know, cast members. Like, you can definitely get these same people for the same amount of time for an episodic. Like, I, I mean, if Disney Plus can do it, HBO can do it. Yeah. Right, like they'll come out for this. It's not. It's not like guys like like Bernthal aren't gonna want to do this. He loves this shit. He, yeah. he he plays so many of these characters. Yep. Of course, he's coming in to do a few yep. episodes. I mean, it's not like he's unfamiliar with episodic stuff anyway. Yeah, true. Right. Yeah. I wonder how. So we talked in the past about how you know people talking, fans chatters don't matter to things like this. I'll bet you that people talking about this matters now. Like it what, might matter more. I don't know if it matters though, because it doesn't. All all this money being spent on all this stuff doesn't. You know, we we talk about this all the time. We say all these things that you know it would have been better done this way. And yeah, we're on the outside, but it's like they don't listen to this kind of shit. They they just make what they want to make, and this is just the route they wanted. I don't think it was the right choice. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, we've I've discussed it at length about how I should, you should never ask the fans for their opinions on things because. You shouldn't. Um, but the thing that I bring up is who thought this was the story that everybody wanted? Yeah. But not only that, then how do they think that advertising it the way they did was the way to go? Right. Because obviously, even if fans of the series, you feel betrayed because you're like, this isn't Tony Soprano. Okay, okay. That's the whole thing. If I go into a one Tony Soprano and I don't get it and it's happened to be a serviceable movie, I'm still going to look at this movie as, as less than I wanted to because I was lied to about it. Yeah. Well, so like you said, fans of the series are going to be like, are, are they're going to say, you know, this isn't what I wanted. As me and my wife both haven't seen this show, haven't seen Sopranos, the show. This movie didn't make us want to go watch the show. I think that's a problem for this movie. Yeah, it's not going to draw new people back to the old episode of The Sopranos. Yeah, that's what I, like, I, like. This movie didn't make us want to watch it. Which is sad because it's really good. Oh, and and I, I yeah, I want I want to I want this movie to make me want to watch it. 
and that's what I was expecting to happen after I saw this, but it was just such a experience that it was like not because of this that's not why we're gonna watch that but i wonder how they're gonna like is this is this now part of the sopranos like when in five in ten years when when they sell like a big when sopranos is inevitably done in ten years and they sell the big you know the big blu-ray box set of getting everything in one thing and it's nice packaging is this included yes 100 percent. okay fair um, yeah, I don't, I don't you, see. I don't see how it couldn't. Be. Well, yeah, because you have characters that were directly in the show in this, and you know, still playing their roles, their characters and stuff. So yeah, it has to be. Well, let's let's talk about the story for just a few minutes then before we move to Squirt. I mean, if if look, if you know Sopranos, it's kind of the same content. I mean, it's just you know, no one really works. Everyone's kind of independently wealthy. Um, you know, just you know, food and although I, the food made me hungry, I'll give you that much. Sure, the food was uh, excellent. It looked it looked excellent. I was really kind of jealous of him eating uh, breakfast sausage when I was watching it at breakfast time. So, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> um, so we talked about how the movie wasn't, it didn't, it was a little confusing. Why was it confusing to you guys? Let me ask you that. Well, well, it, the movie itself wasn't confusing. The way that it decided to deliver the movie was confusing, I think. Because, like, I understood everything that was happening on screen except for the fact that his wife and his his goo, his gooba, his whatever that is they call that, his, his girlfriend, his side chick, looked exactly the same. But, like, it's just... Like you said before, you got to type. Yeah. None of it was, like, the story itself wasn't confusing. Just the fact of, that this is what they chose to deliver and the way they delivered it was confusing. Because I, I followed what was going on pretty easily. It was just two hours of it. <laughs> It was all it was. However, I will say, interesting use of power tools. Oh my yeah, goodness! That was cool. Can we talk about that for one second? Putting a drill in someone's mouth and then just it's let not it a drill. Out. It's a torque wrench. Yeah, thank Tor- you. What would I find? Torque wrench. I mean, I also wouldn't want that to happen. <laughs> I thought they were going to use it differently. By the way, I listen. I didn't know what they were going to do with it. I did not expect what True. they did with it. I was expecting fingers or toes, which would have been, I think, <sighs> way worse. Watching fragments pop out, I'm just like, Ew. if you want a guy to talk to you, why would you do that to him? I want you to prove a point. Well, he, want, he, he needs to be able to tell you the information. <laughs> yeah, instead of choking <laughs> on something. I think you're right, though. What you just said about the toes and the fingers. Oh, my God. Stick oh, that on your yeah. big you toes. Oh, 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 my God. No. Stop. Stop. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> I'm going to throw up. Oh, no. This may sound <laughs> terrible. I was actually a little disappointed there was, there was less of that. There was so little of that in the movie. Because I wanted to see like like a lot more of Ultra violence. Yes. Ultra violence, gangster stuff, all that kind of thing. I wanted to see more of that. But I mean, I guess we got you know, you know, the other piece of the Sopranos from that. Obviously, just like there was what that was the one scene that really does that, right? The only one. Well, but it, but this wasn't the Sopranos. Robert, help me remember. Is there a lot of that kind of stuff in the Sopranos? The show? There's enough of it, yeah. So but I mean, it wasn't every like, episode. But listen, some people died horribly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but 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 it wasn't. It was like three times a season. It wasn't even that often that. No, it was occasionally, but See, I mean, I don't know that. Once in a couple hours of showtime is fine. Yeah, and that's yeah, really yeah, what yeah, happens here. Yeah, uh, one thing I do want to mention before we score, I want to talk about the criminally underused Leslie Odom Jr. Harold. Uh, um, like, I wonder why he took that role. Oh yeah, no, he was very good on screen. Yeah, right? but like, I don't. His story seems so integral, and then all of a sudden, it's it not. <laughs> yeah, weird. Yeah, that's what I mean. So well, Leslie Odom, that. he's he's good, man. Yes, I actually met him on season one of The Shy, working in Chicago, mm. the show I was on. Roger, when you joined the show, so hmm. yeah, that was back when you could actually just like walk up to someone and shake their hand. It's like goddamn COVID. 
So yeah, that was he's. There's a lot of people I think are criminally. I don't think they use Burnthal enough in this. No, I mean he's gone legitimately half the episode when he's in prison. Half the episode, episode. Half, the, <laughs> half the half the movie. Yeah. Um, I think they don't. Of course, I think Gandolfini. He's great. Oh yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. I mean, Jesus, he looks so much like his dad. He, oh yeah, he, uh, they under they underuse him. Um, he even got a lot of mannerisms down, like you know, from like you know, like the clips I've seen. Just, uh, even like the way he walks, it was it was interesting to watch. So are we okay? So are we to believe that when so the last time that Moltisani goes to visit um, his dad's brother in the in the pen, mm-hmm. he tells him, "You want to do something for your for your nephew." Stay out of his life, mm-hmm. and then from that point on, no contact. He just completely shuts him out. Yep. Shuts him out. Won't, won't won't talk to him. When he, he turns the lights out, when his guys are unloading the truck to make him think <clears> that's. I mean, so but then when he's calling the next day, when he's calling to get a case of beer for his party with those girls and his friend, he just won't take his phone call. And then he realizes the when he hears when he hears Maltasani say, "Give me the phone," and then hang it up. Then he <laughs> realizes he's being ignored. Yeah, yeah. And then he open face slaps that kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they right. throw a hoagie at him. So wasteful. And then you see him standing at the door the next day, waiting to meet him. Is that enough to, like, that's what pushed him over the edge? That's what makes him become Tony Soprano? See, I don't think so. No. I think it, it cultivate or it'll, it'll cultivate with uh, him. You know what happens to Dickie and the story behind that with the rest of the family, which is why I assume that we're getting a sequel to it so we can actually see that part no i totally agree with you on that that's i did want to bring up something with ray liotta's characters real quick if you guys will humor me yeah um i'm i, I just want to i thought this in conversation when i was re-talking about the movie with uh with my wife the second character that ray liotta plays the one that's in prison mm-hmm. he doesn't have to be real what do you mean? There's not a single time that anybody besides Dickie goes to see him, and a lot of and every time he sees him, there's there's a piece of his life that he adjusts. Sure, it's almost like it's almost like that could have been like a piece of him that broke when he when he killed his own when he kills his own dad mm-hmm. kind of thing. And we're like, you know, he's actually just he is like he's seeing that he's playing that out in his head, but it's actually not a thing. And that's what like it's kind of like a piece of it's broken i I know what you mean that he is a real character okay he's real in the sopranos lore yeah that yes yeah but no i i i I understand what you're saying yeah if if i didn't know what i know yeah i would believe that that could be a thing yeah yeah absolutely okay i could i I could agree with i mean that's I, i i can't say i thought about that when i was watching it chris but what you you make a good point though that really could have been given how the fact that he's played by the same character, to, by the same actor too. Yeah, you, you make a good argument for that. That's you know, yeah. even though it doesn't have come out, but that that would be kind of a cool. Not, I mean, he's obviously visiting the guy in the pen. And, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, well, now the other side of that is you could remove that in all those scenes and it doesn't change anything. I mean, you could you know, literally just, you could have had him sitting outside talking, and then you know, from the point of view of one of the guards looking at him just sitting at a table, like yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you could have really done that. Um, that would have been interesting, but I mean, that's not like really the Sopranos kind of oh, yeah, yeah. style. I so. get sure, but I mean, so let's move to score this thing then. Yeah, let's wrap it up. And we didn't really talk about the. I mean, we didn't get into the meat and bone of the story, but I mean, it's a Sopranos story. It's a prequel. There's, a lot, there's be a lot to cover on that though. Yeah, right? and a well, lot of there's a lot that... to cover, but I mean, yeah, one of our main focuses here is generality. Should you or shouldn't you watch the movie? How we how we interpreted the movie ourselves. So I mean, that's the whole thing, but. 
So I mean, that's that's what you know is embodied in the score. But I'll go first, and I'm I'm a little nervous about this, but I, this movie for me gets a three. Mm. It just yeah. doesn't. I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense. I don't even know why they chose to do it this way, given that Sopranos is a very successful episodic. You know, why would they choose to do this this way? I don't understand it. Interesting. So I'll go second. Um, I'm actually also giving it a three. <laughs> I wanted to give it a four, and I fought with this just because of how good the cast is and how and how good the acting is in this. It is really good. There is some fantastic acting, but that is the only thing I feel from this movie. That is it. So yeah, it, it gets a three for me. Hmm. Um, well, I was actually going to give it a four. I'm still going to give it a four. Yeah. Um, it was disappointing to me that I have to give it a four because I expected it to be much better than what it was. Again, I don't understand what this story was meant to accomplish. Um, so there's that. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. Um, yeah, it's just, it's kind of perplexing to me. I really expect this to be better. I really was, this, this would have been a no brainer for, for, for me with, oh yeah, this is definitely going to be a five, six, seven, one of those, but like, it's just. Man, to be it's not that it is not at all. That's kind of surprises the hell out of me. It really does. Uh, all right, gentlemen, we've come to it. Let um, let's talk about Venom. Let there be carnage. Venom. Venom. <laughs> all right, directed by Andy Serkis. He's subbing in for Ruben Fleischer from the first one. All right, Tom Hardy, of course. Woody Harrelson, Michelle Williams, Reed Scott, Naomi Harris. That's where I know her from. Naomi, Naomi Harris. Producer Tom Hardy, by the way. Yes. Also, oh, oh, oh. yeah. Screenwriter Tom, Tom Hardy. Hardy. Yeah, man, he has great. first billing screenwriter. Does he? Yes, he I, does. I thought, I thought it was one that he didn't have. No, nope, he's got that too. Okay. Not on. Who wrote this story. He did. He's so. I mean, this is Tom Hardy's baby. At least one of them. Yeah. All right, Roger. Tell us. Yeah, yeah. No. Cool. Yeah. Well, it, it, it means he's invested, which which you can tell. So, Roger, tell us what Venom Two is about. Uh, Venom meets Venom. Carnage, and then that's kind of it. And then things happen. <laughs> things. So before we get really into it, so the tomato meter on this is fifty nine, and the audience score is eighty four. I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked. That's kind of a big discrepancy there. Mm. But I can understand why it's eighty four because I mean, I people mean, are gonna like this movie. Yes, that's the thing. Is because if you like the first Venom, you'll like the second Venom. Mm-hmm. Right. I will go right now and tell you this is not as good as the first Venom movie. Not even clo- like not even in the same league as the first Venom I, movie. But- I feel like they are exactly the same movie, like on par with like with like the way that they feel. I think this. I don't think either of these is a better movie than, than the other. Well, I'll tell you why I think that, and then we'll actually dig into this movie. Yeah, yeah. I think the first Venom with the setup, you get so much more story in the first Venom. Okay. Than you do in this one. One, this movie's actually shorter by like. 20 minutes yeah. than the, the previous the, Venom. This thing is overdone pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like a solid hour and 45 <laughs> minutes. And I'm like, hell yes, it is. But like, I felt like the Venom origin story was like, hey, this is our character. Now, like, this is chapter two. Yeah, yeah. It's far shorter than chapter one, but big things happen. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's what it feels like here. And I'm okay with that. Now, yeah. I'm not saying I didn't like it. I just think they cover so much more ground in the first Venom. They take you learn so much more about the symbiote and all that stuff. You don't learn any of that stuff here, really. No, you don't, and you're right. Well, yeah. which is also one of the things that bothers me, and we'll circle around to it when we talk. Okay. Um, 
But yeah, they're not that much different than each other. No, so. they're not. Yeah. All I right. have a couple of questions when you get into it, but about yeah. nods they were trying to make, and maybe I. Well, let me give you a thirty-second recap of this story, okay? Legitimately, this is Venom meeting his biggest nemesis besides Spider-Man, um, Carnage, mm-hmm. which is like the worst dude Marvel has ever created. The, the worst, the worst of the worst dudes. Yeah, yep. like the baddest bad dude, um, serial killer, serial rapist, mass murderer, Carnage gets a symbiote. <laughs> bad things happen. Real bad things. So, uh, let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, let's talk about Eddie Brock is, again... If you expected a... more story than that, people, just watch the movie. You understand that I did very good justice. <laughs> <laughs> so, he is... He's still, I mean, he's a reporter, and he's still working. Obviously, doesn't have the attention of the girl he wants to have the attention of. Which, I think, by the way, that whole, like, weird triangle thing, it just works. It does. You know, I like, like it, Dr. Dan. Oddly enough, <laughs> I like him. Yeah. I think I think it's all about Venom and him and, and the No, girl. no, no. I'm talking I'm, I'm talking about him, the girl and the in the and the, the other guy. I know. <laughs> I did appreciate at the very end when he was like, I respect you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like him. Yeah. He's like, I respect him, but we didn't need him. <laughs> we, we ended up helping. So he only helped a little. So the, yeah. just a, a little bit about the first Venom is I think what kind of took people by surprise was how fun the actual character of Venom was in the first movie. How they, yeah. how they chose to bring him out in Tom Hardy, how they chose to voice him, how they chose to like just put him They're, on screen, I thought was a very is a very it was a very good move. Their dynamic is good. Oh, it's great. I mean it's a you know, th- this is, I mean, at the heart of it, this is a this is a buddy cop comedy. I mean, isn't it? Um Yeah, I I can't say that you're overly wrong. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. They even say, have the whole awkward falling out that, like, you know, your buddy cop movies have sometimes, where well, it's like <laughs> people getting headbutted in the face. I'm done with you. No, you're not. You. I don't need you. And then, well, it's, it's 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 very Starsky and Hutch in in that way. Yeah. Like, it's almost comical that the Dude, whole thing he, is when he's at the party and he's got the neon on. <laughs> it's just I don't know why that scene is there. But thank God yeah. it's there. Yep. <laughs> well, it doesn't really make any story sense. But fine. But it but but it it, it helps to lev- it helps to make you realize you're watching uh, a movie that realizes what it's a fun Marvel movie. That's what this is. Is it's a fun movie about a villain who's not quite so bad. It's you not know, a I mean, Marvel movie. This is this is definitely a Marvel movie. Not not an MCU movie, but there's a Marvel license behind this. Okay, yeah, all right. It's okay. not a Marvel movie in the sense that that we are used to talking. <clears throat> Yet. Yet. Yes. Yes. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for the ahem. Yeah. So that's what no I, dis- I disagree with you about the party scene, Roger. Only the fact that I would like more venom at a party. Well, it's just Von Zemo dancing. Here's the thing. Well, I don't think it's there for no reason. I'll tell you why. Because Venom is—he's very conversing with those people. He's very nice and polite to them, and because they're not trying to kill him, they're just he's not a bad guy. Like, the thing he's really not a bad guy. He's not, which, 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 I mean, that's the whole conversation I want to have before we score the movie is how this Venom is going to be incorporated into a, a possible bigger picture. But so I, I disagree with you. I think that, I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. That scene is, I think, essential to this movie. Maybe not as long as it was, maybe, you know, cut out half of it, but I think it's pretty essential to this movie. All right. I, what I, I didn't like the falling out of 
Venom and Tom Hart and, and, and Eddie Brock. I did not. I thought that was dumb. Well, I mean, that's something that I think. So the story that Grayson's talking about, we might as well just dig into it. So movie starts out, Venom and Tom. Tom is really making it. Or Tom, Jesus Christ. Eddie Brock <laughs> is making a name for himself again. Finally getting his stuff back, being an investigative journalist, which what made Eddie Brock, Eddie Brock. Um, he scores an exclusive interview with Cletus Cassidy, who is Carnage. Um, Venom uses, you know, super Venom things to help Eddie deduce where a mass of bodies is found, right? You say like 10 more bodies or some shit, yeah. right? Um, and they actually expedite the reinstatement of lethal injection for Cletus Cassidy. That's kind of awesome. <laughs> like he's that bad of a dude. Yeah. Um, but they end up going to see like one last interview with Cletus. They get in a fight with each other, takes a chunk out of his finger, gets to taste the symbiote. Flash forward to that evening. Eddie and Venom are having a fight with each other. Yeah. Which again, They're pissed off. But it's Venom so wants to eat more people and do more things and be the lethal protector, you know? But so here's, here's my question. This is, it happens three times in this movie, or maybe twice in this movie, where the symbiote, Venom, would be very aware of what happens when he got bit. He'd be extremely well, aware of that. Well, so that's what I'll, I'll circle back to that in a minute. Um, but they, they, so they end up having this falling out, like basically beating the shit out of each other. And Eddie tells him to leave. They shed him off. He pulls the fire alarm. Venom pops up and out of him, crawls out the window, trashes his bike, and runs off down the street. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, and you know, the next few minutes are mostly dedicated to Carnage becoming Carnage. So he's got Eddie's blood in him when the, the lethal injection drug starts pushing him back out. And he kind of becomes Carnage at that point. Well, I know what you're going to say, Grayson. That's why I wanted to wait a second. The one thing that I have a problem with this movie is Venom never really acknowledges how Carnage got there, even though he clearly knows what happened. Yeah. Right? He's like, oh, shit, that's a red one. Mm -hmm. And not like, this is some offshoot. Because remember during the first one, he actually explains a lot of stuff to Eddie about their whole alien race, right? About how there's levels of people and how Venom is kind of a loser. Yeah. He's like low end on a totem pole. Um, This guy, he's just like, no, (laughs) I don't know shit about him. (laughs) Which is weird because Carnage keeps calling him father. Yeah. So So Carnage knows where he came from. Yes. Like it didn't, you know, it just didn't happen. Well, let me ask you this. I just, I know nothing about the lore, but what is, oh, that's a red one. What does that mean? Yeah. I mean, so, I mean. Well, we know what it means. The lore isn't really followed in this movie, respective, respective, respectively, 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 respectively. It's not followed. Uh, there's a lot of problems with this. If you're like a hardcore Marvel fan, and this has got to be perfect. I'm a huge Venom fan. The only thing I'm more of a fan of in Marvel than Venom is Wolverine, and I like, I love the whole idea of the symbiotes. I like their whole, their whole background. I like how they show up on Earth. This isn't exactly how that all happens. Actually, it's not even close, but whatever. Um, there is no real lore followed in this. This is uh, Sony kind of doing its own thing, I think, with so, a character that makes a lot of money. So would you say it's the last hurrah for them? I think it was the last hurrah and a kind of a middle finger to Marvel <laughs> at the so, same time. 
so let's let's talk about no hold on so did you answer my question what does he's a red one means like well we don't so they don't really i mean it, you want to dig into it i mean well but so what like, is that one phrase they they put it in the trailer and then the, it's there because people who know the lore know what that means i don't know the i lore, think so sony it put it in there for comedic value i think what it actually means is that is that the, the different colors are different levels of aggression and ability okay 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 that's what i mean that's of course you know context clues you know hey read yeah. context clues. forget that word means i i that's what i got but i mean i wasn't quite sure you know yeah. i thought about well, beyond that, that making, there's nothing much are they making a red like starship um star trek like all the red shirts die all the time reference <laughs> no um, no and in, in this in in this case all the red shirts are extremely violent and deadly and they're made <laughs> to kill things the worst so, yeah. of the worst <laughs> all right if so you want to get technical I do want to okay, so there. I have several questions about this story in particular. Okay, but well, I mean, I didn't want. I didn't mean to interrupt. I, I interrupted some conversation when I talked about the red one. I want to know what that meant. But you guys can go ahead with that, and I'll. Well, I do want to premise this. So I'm going to spoil something with Venom because I don't care. Um, the end credits of this movie bring Venom into the MCU, like at it, least in some capacity. Oh yeah, and, and, and at no question. Yeah, like it's not it's not a like maybe he's in. It's he's all the way like in. Tom Holland's face literally gets <laughs> is in this movie. Literally gets licked. <laughs> uh, yeah, which is awesome. Well, it's kind of creepy the fact that he's technically in high school, so that's kind of creepy actually. Okay, thank you, creepy man. Jeez. <laughs> um, so yeah, okay. no that's where that went. <laughs> all right. Um, but so if you think about what I just said if, and watch the movie, you understand it. It won't be a real shock to anybody. No. But what Chris just said about the Carnage story maybe being a middle finger to Marvel overall is I think you know whatever deal they cut to let Venom become part of the bigger Marvel MCU, okay? Because clearly they have something planned, all right? No doubt about it. Um, if they just use Carnage, which is basically the biggest thing they have besides Spider-Man, um, to be this step over sort of thing till the next movie. I don't understand why they would do that, mm. but it makes more sense if you're like, well, we just don't want Marvel to use this character. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Yeah. Well, so, Marvel can, now that they have them all, they can do, if they want to bring Cassidy, Cletus but back, they can't, they, they don't have to, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Just because Venom is in the MCU does not mean Carnage is. Mm -hmm. Because the way their deals work with characters, which is why Iron Man leads the Avengers, because those are the characters they could get. Well, here's – I mean we'll talk about this a little bit now, but here's my, here's my absolute worry now is I'm two movies in with Venom. As far as I'm mm -hmm. concerned, he's a hero or he's an antihero. He's not a villain. And he, no, he's an antihero. Yeah. He, he would legitimately be – Well, but like, that's how – like I don't want him fighting Spider-Man. I, I just don't because he's not – I'd rather have him teaming up to, to fight bad guys. Well, it depends on what story they use. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with them fighting Spider-Man, depending as long as the story works, because you'll find that the story will probably work. Well, yeah. see, Chris, if you're right about this being a middle finger to Marvel, then the Spider-Man movie that we're going to get soon has nothing to do with Venom. Well, the reason why I believe it's a middle finger, it could possibly be that to Marvel, is because the only thing bigger in Spider-Man than, than Venom besides Spider-Man, is Carnage. He, it, he is, Venom is a huge fan favorite. Carnage is a huge like favorite like, villain in there, man. Like just He's on the top of the list for most people. So it's kind of like a, you know, hey, we're going to use this. We, we got a, Sony's made a, lot of, made a lot of money off the first 
Venom movie, obviously. Billion dollars. And then and they, they know they're going to make money off of this one, so why not cash everything in that they can and kind of make that harder for Marvel to do anything with it? But hold on. So let me let me, let me me ask you. I have, I have a counterpoint to what you just said, Chris. I think you uh, – this might be a good one to entertain. What if – what if going into because we are literally in the age of where movies come out and they just ignore other movies? What if the movie they so they brought this, this is going to be weird because this movie brings Venom at least we've seen the end credit sequence somehow into the MCU universe. He's been whatever multiverse. I, I don't care. He, he's in the universe, which means that this movie matters because it's Venom in that universe. So can they if Marvel's like. Pfft, you 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 didn't give me the middle finger. You think I can't bring Carnage back? If Kevin Feige wants to bring Carnage back, there's ways he can do it, and just completely ignore everything in this movie except for the blip part in the end. Yeah, but the... here's the thing: Marvel doesn't do that though. Marvel, so far with their MCU work, have been have actually tried to. Besides the fact that they now have an out, they've paid very close attention to their lore and their continuity throughout. I mean, besides what you know. Olivia Olsen not holding a good Russian accent. That's the only thing you really point at. They they do try to keep that. Even the, even the Quicksilver thing they were tongue-in-cheek about. You know what I mean? Yep. You know, and it was very much, you know, you, you think this is going to be Quicksilver, and they pull that, pull that rug up from under us, you know, in a very tongue-in-cheek kind of way. So they do pay attention to that, though. They, they don't just ignore it. Your old Spider-Man, like your first set of Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire, and then your ones with Andrew Garfield, yeah, they ignored that. But that was Sony. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's different at this point than what what, what we're dealing with now. With well, but they're they're both happening. they're both in the new Spider-Man movie. I, I think as a way to pay homage, though, and to make this and to make all of this work, you know. Well, in okay, okay. So let's let's get back to discuss. So let's get back to discussion of Venom. Let let that be oh, homage. Yeah. Um, do you guys? So I have another question for you. Do you guys think that this how we got Carnage now in this movie is the same way that people were upset with Venom in Spider-Man Three in two thousand seven? Where no, they, they only got no I think it's a whole dead. different, whole different yeah. ball game. Okay, As a okay. big Venom fan, no, I was fuck, I was furious. <laughs> Spider Man Three. Well, you weren't the only not, one. I was not furious about Carnage. I mean, I I knew I, I knew I was getting Carnage, and I got a lot of Carnage, and I got to see Venom and Carnage fight, which is what I wanted. What we got out of Spider Man Three was not. Well, just remember, Spider Man Three was such an incredible disappointment after the mastery that was Spider Man Two, especially. Yeah. Um, but they tried to like, hey, let's just put nine things in this movie. Cool, do it. Yeah. Do it. Done. No, no one was there to tell them no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> even, I mean, Sam Raimi is is also famously noted by saying, "I don't. The story's not ready for Venom." And he made the note, and the studio's like, "We want Venom. They want Venom. Put Venom in. You're already." You're already casted, and your shooting story fit him in somehow, and that's you know, that's the whole thing with that. That movie was you know, they learned lessons from that. I'm sure. I'm, I hope lessons were learned from that movie. I mean, I, they rebooted the franchise so well, yeah. twice. And, and they have actors now that care about these roles instead of actors just being chosen for these roles. I mean, right? My favorite story is Tom Holland drunk calling up Kevin Feige and the guy from uh, the guy from Sony, be like, "Please fix this. I yeah. just want to be part of more." Yes, Tom. We all do. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Holland is one of us. <laughs> one of us. One of us. So let's talk about. Okay, let's get into the story. So where were you? So one of my things is this, these symbiotes hate, hate, hate loud noises. Yeah. Yes. Uh, sound and fire. They don't hate and loud carnage. And carnage. And carnage is okay with with his last fight taking place in a church with many bells, with many and loud fire. noises, and fire. 
that's another question is why would you as a screen uh, they were getting married bro you get yeah. married in churches yeah. i mean sometimes you just gotta make i mean they made an agreement they made deals all right okay. Okay. Hey, we'll we'll do it this way yeah. <laughs> don't eat the one with the robe yeah <laughs> I, love how, I love how both carnage and venom were like you don't eat this guy yeah <laughs> but carnage ate him yes he yeah did. he does yeah. yeah absolutely but at first he was like nah <laughs> probably not you can eat anybody else but not him that's some bad juju <laughs> Um, so, okay, I, I didn't like the Screamer, uh, Naomi Harris's character. Shriek. Shriek kind of like all of a sudden had a change of heart while they were accused. Like, let's not kill people anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I, that didn't make any sense to me. Um, her character in general I don't think makes sense, but you can't have you can't have Cletus, what's his name? Cletus Cassidy. You, you, you cannot have Cletus Cassidy without that perfect, because that's literally Cletus Cassidy's motivation is that woman. And all the lore, that's his motivation, right? Which is that which, which is actually correct. Okay, so but you can't have one without the other. So do you guys think that they used her to maximum effect as as as, as a character in this movie? Nope. I don't I don't think so either. I think it's kind of a I think it was kind <laughs> Real of a short story is nope. <laughs> uh, I don't think Naomi Harris is good. I don't think it had to be Naomi Naomi Harris. I, I mean the story that they gave us was completely predictable knowing her powers. Yes. I mean, come on. Well yeah. Who didn't see it coming? Especially when things started going sideways. I did find it somewhat comical the way that Carnage handled it, though. <laughs> well, how did also... Carnage versus Cletus Cassidy, to me, was also very funny. It was, yeah. Um, very dysfunctional. Yes. To the point that where Venom actually says something to Eddie, say, hey, they're not symbiotic. Yeah. Which, which is something they didn't talk about too much in this movie, either. Which isn't inaccurate, but also isn't accurate. Which, again, I don't want to dig into the whole, like, the, the whole lore of it. But Venom... Eddie Brock and Venom do say we are Venom. That's very important. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you if you notice in the movie, which is actually true, Carnage said they say I am Carnage. Mm-hmm. You know, it's never we with them. So it is relevant in a way, but in a very subtle way. Well, I do th- I do wish at some point they would have talked about how Carnage or excuse me Venom was actually like KOing people, going from person to person. Yeah. Because they're not symbiotic, and he's just draining them of their energy and spinning them out, basically. Like, these people might have died. They probably did. Yeah. It it means that Chinese lady hit a body. Although, she that's one of the funniest scenes in the movie. The venom eyes coming off. (laughs) I appreciated that. (laughs) I appreciated how... sexy, strong hero. And he's like, I sure am. Like, that made me laugh so hard. I Oh, my goodness. Again, I was the only one laughing. I couldn't understand why, because that was funny. You told me there would be no aliens. <laughs> no new aliens. <laughs> I did like that whole lawyer in that moment too. I, yeah. I, I didn't think I was gonna like uh, Dan, but he, he ended up being. I'm actually okay. I'm with okay him. with Dan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, I, he, I thought he was gonna be stupid and just over the top writing, but he actually worked in a way that I mean, I'm not okay with like Carnage would have killed him so quickly <laughs> in, in the church. It would have been over in four seconds. Yeah. He just would have thrown him with his darts at him and just killed him. Peace. I do appreciate him pouring fire onto him, though. Yeah, that was, yes. that was interesting. Yeah. That was interesting. Coming through, um, Dan. I did want to ask you one of my questions. So there's a moment in the in the battle where Venom is literally – Venom as Eddie Brock is holding uh, – is, is, is holding – what's her name? Um, Anne. And there's this weird like – there's this weird moment, like a beat, where it doesn't – are they making a nod to – the second Garfield movie where he drops her or where he can't save her and she ends up dying because he, she, she breaks her neck. Is that a weird um, nod to that? No, I, 
I I think they're showing you how important Anne is to both Venom and that Anne. he's sacrificing himself to make sure she's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like he's like, literally dying. Yeah, like well, Venom Brock and or Venom? Eddie. No, both because 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 Carnage we, is tearing them apart. We are Venom. Like, well, no, no, no I I understand that, but I just wanted to know if there was because there's a weird like moment where they're looking but like no words are said I'm like that's that's not a place where you don't put words you have to put words there and dialogue uh, has to happen i don't know i don't think so the only goal in that moment was making sure she made it down that shaft without being hurt and i i, I like oh. i just i wish it would have gone about it a different way only because like does venom realize how i mean i i understand that like yeah she's important to tom oh, tom um eddie at the end of this movie, Venom realizes how important she is to him. I mean, yeah, but they, she's important to Venom too. Yeah, because they're the same person. Yeah, yeah okay, they are fair. together. She's also been. She's also had the symbiote twice now, which I Don't thought was great. That. I thought that was great too. I, I was really upset about the detective. Um, there's a lot of things in this movie I wasn't okay with. Like what happened at the end. I don't understand what that light. I don't understand what his eyes meant. Like, yeah, like what is that? There are monsters. Whatever. Just, well, so, so, oh, I don't want to. Sorry, I don't want to step on your grace. Go ahead. I, I just want. So, is he going to end up in the insane asylum now too? Is that what that was showing us? Maybe. Or, or does he become a villain? Who knows? Well, here's the thing. I, I will go so far as to say, does any of that matter if somebody doesn't have their hands on it? That's anyway, right. Yeah. <laughs> if Venom is part of the MCU, yeah, uh, I, I, people, I would argue it doesn't matter anymore. Are all these people just gone? Well, that's I don't. Probably, that's probably the like, case, actually. But, right? Like, I mean that seriously. Like. And Dan, the detective, their version of San Francisco, which means there are three people in San Francisco. There is Ant Man, Shang Chi, and Venom. That's a good point. That's I want. I want to talk about San Francisco. San Francisco is very not, not right now though. Not currently because because at the end of the movie, Venom's somewhere on there. vacation. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I get you. But his home base is okay. Yeah, I love, I love how he finally gets to sink his his feet into the sand and watch the ocean. Like well, perfect, he's, perfect he's way to end a weird buddy cop movie. Like perfect way to end that. Or Spider Man's going to. Say, oh, all right, that's, that's right. right. See. All right. So what, what? 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 things about this movie didn't you guys like? Let me ask you that. I didn't like that this movie was cringy at times. I had a lot of problem with like the filler of this movie. I didn't like the whole Cletus Cassidy and uh, what Francisca, whatever her name was. Um, the whole reunite thing and how cringy the whole oh, them, them driving around, yeah, and like kissing and all that. Like it was just, it, it felt like a teenage movie moment at that point. Yeah, and then I didn't like, I like there were a lot of cringy moments in this movie. I, I did, did appreciate not. though when she screamed. And Carnage slaps her, and she's like, "If he does it again, I'll eat her." That's what I meant earlier when I saw well, like the way that I like the way that Carnage handled. Well, no, no, like, but I mean in that scenario, I thought it was okay. But then later on, yeah, when they're in, because he handles it differently mm-hmm. with less, far less compassion. Yeah. in the wedding. Well, yes, yeah, so, well, yeah, because he gave the warning. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, that's I understood it then. The second time, I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so I get you. Sorry, continue. Some, someone no, like no. someone like Carnage wouldn't put up with that more than once. Well, I mean, again, he doesn't. Cletus, oh yeah, and Cletus is fighting for control in that moment too. I'd go so far as to say Cletus never really had control. No, no, and he does. He's just a host. Yes, which is true. A bad host, bad man. Which, <laughs> there's never that moment where, like, he also under he's like, wow, this, this power is amazing. He there's never that moment. He just goes from 
not having a symbiote to having a symbiote and then doing all kinds of terrible shit with it. There's never a moment for us where he like he realizes how powerful Carnage really is. And I feel like well, the movie yeah. really needed that moment. Well, we got a 90 minute movie. So <laughs> Nine yeah. ninety seven. I'll have you know. Yeah, pretty, I'll have you know. Pretty, pretty, uh, straight, straight to the point. Mm-hmm. Yep. Appreciate it. What so else? Go, you go, like, Chris? Yeah, go on. I had one other thing, but I can't really think of it right now. So I'll let you guys roll. For okay, a minute. I'll, I'll bring it back to my head though. Um, I had uh some parts that I didn't really like. I didn't really understand. Like they don't explain to you much about Cletus's backstory. That they let Cletus do it. Um, I think it'd be more impactful if, like, there was a news story about Cletus. But I understand that's what Eddie was writing. You know what I mean? He was writing his obituary, basically. Yeah. Um, I don't understand what they're doing with Eddie as a reporter, either. I don't get that. Who's he working for? What is he doing? Um, Because he was pretty established again at the end of the first Venom movie. Like, he was kind of coming back up. And obviously, he got the scoop about Cletus, blah, 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 so it put him back in the limelight. But He's still kind of freelancing, doing his thing. So, um, I don't know. I don't appreciate the fact that even with Venom, he's still kind of a loser. Yeah. You know, like, I know that that's like, they never really get ahead. You know what I mean? They always have to scrape by for what they got. I do appreciate the whole being self-aware with the lethal protector thing. Um, because that's a really great way to describe them two together. Yeah. So okay. he's okay with killing people if they have to. He's not that guy. Yeah. He's like, if he's got to die, he's got to die. <laughs> no, I, I respect superheroes and things that are like that. Yeah. Not this weird moral compass that you don't kill people. Listen, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Best line right. of the movie. Best line of the movie. Yeah. What about you, Grayson? What I did, I also did not like some of those scenes where they're just driving around being like, kissing in the car making out and i just i didn't think we needed it i mean if you if you have a 97 minute movie obviously you're, you're editing it down to that length so why not just cut some of that stuff well so so that's when the movie feels very pg-13 right yeah. it almost feels like a teenage movie instead of what this what this could be like an all audience thing now that's a good lead in i do remember what i wanted to talk about and I, it's that's not rated r enough for yeah you. The, that's the elephant in the room right you know like does this not be in rated r Hurt the movie A, B, does would this be a better movie if it was rated R? I think, and to answer my own question first, A, it doesn't hurt it that it's not rated R because obviously this thing made a ton of money as a PG-13 movie the first time. They don't want to get away from formula. I get that. They don't want to risk that. But man, this movie would have been way more fun if it was rated R, right? So well, how, how much more fun do you are, are we talking here with a talk about body parts being eviscerated and flying everywhere when Carnage is killing everyone instead of every death happening off screen and no blood? Yeah, I uh, I'll answer your question. Does it matter that it's not PG thirteen? No. If it was rated R, could it have been far more graphic, far more violent? Yes. I don't know if it matters. But, I mean, me and you have discussed this a lot. Yeah. The Carnage is an absolute rated R bad guy. Yep. Like, the baddest of the bad dude. Yeah. And they put Carnage kind of in a box. Listen, he kills a lot of people. I get it. But, like, it's all off screen. Yep. Like, when he's doing his little tornado thing, he's tearing people apart. Yep. Like, physically shoving body parts. I mean, there's even a point where where he he has some upside down and he's about to bite their head off. You get a cut to someone screaming, and then it goes back, and there's a headless body there, and he just yep. drops it. Like it's like, it's almost it almost pulls you out of it for a second because you know what they're doing. It's like 
this like this character needs to just be set loose on screen to be a just a murderous machine because that's kind of like that that's what makes him so terrifying you know whereas where venom and eddie brock show constraint force constraint for venom at first but he ends up complying eventually and, and agreeing he understands yeah where like carnage that that he they're the polar opposite just that, chaos that it's literal just massacres and it, it makes him terrifying. It makes him, he's unchained by anything in any inhibitions about not being violent. And that's what makes him so deadly. You see, that's why I asked the question that I asked you earlier was, are you happy with this Venom or do you feel, or Carnage, or do you feel like 2007? See, the way you're describing him right now, I think true fans would be upset because we didn't get that Carnage. Well, well but so, you're never going to get the Carnage. What, what we did, what we did get out of this Carnage is we, they got the look down good damn good they're good they got the way that his symbiote acts very well like there's just the look the weapons he makes all that the tornado i've never seen before that was a nice touch whatever tasmanian devil thing they had going on there but like like the carnage as a character is there you know cletus cassidy's there he's violent he's angry that's all there it's just that 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 last piece that would really make that whole that's the only thing we're missing well, but does it matter though in the long run? Then, if you're Do what? That, if you're, does it matter though? Because we've talked about, you know, does are you happy with? Well, you being the guy who's probably more into the Venom lore, are you happy with the carnage we got then? I'm as as me myself. I'm disappointed that both Venom movies have been rated R. But that's just me, and I know I'm not making billions of dollars making this. Well, but, but also you you know why they weren't rated. I mean, come on, you I, know, I, 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 I get it. I get it because like because at this point, what is it like? Like four percent of our of our superhero moves have been rated R now at this point. Yes, like literally, it's been it's like it's like four to eight percent. That's it because it's just four three movies at this point. Yeah, and it's probably not going to happen again until Deadpool again. Yeah, and that's the thing. But like it's it's just it's one of those moments where you know it's possible. You want it to be, you know, it's not going to be though, and it's just the reality you got to face. It just sucks as a fan, but whatever. It is what it is. I'll take what I can get. But I, if I'm reading you wrong, let me you know go ahead and correct me. Are you at least a little bit happy that you got Carnage in any form? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Because because they, they did they did the they did his look really well and his scream and all that like that one shot you get from his where when they're in the church and it's it's the side shot and he's screaming at Venom and he's all the that is that's literally taken from a comic book still, like it, it it's been in print before. Good and you know they showed homage to it and you got the character correct, just not the way that you should have seen him play out if it, you want to do a one-to-one comparison well the hard truth about it is i'm glad you're happy we're probably never getting carnage again oh yeah no, no. not not in this sort of well capacity. given given how carnage came to be it's very possible you'll get Carnage if brock ends up in the mcu i don't know man sony's writing and it's not correct on that on that front but i i hear what you're saying I know but i mean like saying. given the fact that it just took a blop a drop of blood to get in cassidy's mouth that was venom that's carnage i mean <laughs> that's the whole thing it's to me it's like it, you they could somehow write it in again i mean oh yeah yeah if if, if marvel goes that route if they wanted to marvel yes. does a good job of, of of writing of using the correct character lore though so if back to your question of if it was a middle finger to to Marvel, you don't think Marvel's going to do a bigger one back when when they do a bigger batter carnage? You don't no. think that'll be their middle finger I, back to I, Sony? I don't think they will because um, I don't think that there would be an MCU plan. I mean, they already got to have like nine moving parts, right? Yeah. They they don't bring stuff into their world to be like, ha ha, 
fuck you, Sony. Yeah. Like, Venom, they're bigger than that. Yeah. So, so when we got Spider-Man the first time. Spider-Man. In Silver War. At Silver War. Civil War. He showed up for a small piece. Everyone was pumped. It was a big Everybody moment. lost their minds. And that, but he was there and he was gone. It was just a small piece of that whole puzzle. I think that's how we're going to get Venom. I think he's going to show up at some point in in, in, in in an upcoming Marvel film. Show up. Beat the shit out of some stuff. Say some funny stuff, and then he's gonna and then he's gonna run off or something or get pulled away. You know, like I think that's how we're gonna get Venom. It's not gonna be a whole Venom movie, you know, or a whole you know Spider Man movie, Spider Man versus Venom the whole time. Well, especially because we know what at least somewhat of what's going to happen in the next Spider Man yeah. movie, right? Yeah. I think you're wrong. I think we're gonna. I think Brock's gonna play. I think Tom Hardy is gonna play a much bigger role than we think. Well, he might, but not immediately. No, not immediately. Yeah, yeah, maybe, sure, maybe but, that, yeah. I mean, it's also, I mean, you forget that, like, the same way I asked you, are you surprised if people are politically because you just make more money if it's related to PG-13, period. Yeah, well, it's, it's... That's a fact. It's never not about the money. No, but, I mean, Tom Hart is, well, he's 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 a big enough name that now that they've got Spider-Man, I mean, which by all means that they have Eddie Brock and they have Tom Hardy, I mean, Tom Hardy is, they might change something because Tom Hardy is a big enough name to get, to, like, no, we need to use him more. We need to, we need... Brock well, no, and, that's okay. And yeah. Venom. Still don't think it'd be rated R. Well, no, no, I don't. I don't. I've given up on the rated R thing. But your guys think where he just comes in and runs off? Like, I don't think that's. No, I think, well, I, 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 I think you missed the point. They said the first time we'll see him in the MCU will be some more like ten minute appearance. Yeah, and then he kind of slinks off, or ends up somewhere else to set up the bigger picture farther yeah. down the road. Exactly. Just remember, Tom Holland, Spider-Man. Marvel is nine steps ahead. They have all of this stuff planned so far in advance. So I don't know how long they've been working on the Venom thing, but long enough that they at least have an idea That's of where fair. to go. That's were, fair. Were, yeah, and they, they were bold enough to put it in, you know, to literally confirm it in a, in a scene. Yeah, like it's it's not a question. It's a thing. It's There is no ambiguity here. Yeah, Marvel is showing you, hey, look what we've got. They, they literally just dangled it in front of everyone's face yep. in that movie. Ha-ha! Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm sure Sony's not unhappy with this. They're they're going to make tons of money off of those decisions. Oh, so yeah. that's fine. Yeah, um, I'm sure they made a ton of money off every decision they've ever made with Spider-Man. I think my biggest letdown. I think my biggest letdown with Venom is. I guess my biggest letdown with Venom is we never. I actually going to what I said a few weeks ago about how a, a certain movie ended away ended a certain way with it wasn't always peachy. I'm kind of glad that this movie ends the way that it does with. Brock and, I guess you know, surprise, surprise, Brock and Anne not together. That's okay. I'm actually was thought that was kind of grown up about this movie because like, I would have eight at times out of ten, I would have thought these would they would end up together. But like, I'm glad they don't because I mean, a you get to keep the boyfriend in who does work. I mean, he's a schlub, but he's a likable schlub. I I don't know what schlub is, but I just made it up. But he does work. I mean, you get you get to keep all that now. If he goes to the MCU, does Anne also go to the MCU? Well, I was about to say, I don't think I, so. I was about to say, a very possible piece of that, though, is that, like, why they kept them together is that Marvel doesn't need them. No, so they don't their care. story is closed. Yeah. It's, like, it's kind of like a, you know, okay, been gone. Like, we don't need this. We just need these two characters, Eddie Brock and Venom. Well, some yeah. of, something that you said, Roger, earlier about this movie still kind of ends with, well, this movie ends in a really weird, because. I don't know how anyone escapes that crime scene. The cops would have been there years before they got done fighting. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, 
he's you're, you're you're right. I mean, he does. Brock still does kind of end up with nothing and the loser. Yeah. That's I mean that's why that Venom and Brock are so because Venom was loser on his planet, Brock's loser on his planet. Like I get it, but they're symbiotic. There's a lot of ground to cover before you get you get Venom. And when I when I when I say Venom in this sense, I mean both. You know, we are Venom. So yeah. there's a lot of ground to cover with Brock's character before he can become a main character in. So you've got to have at least another movie where Venom is somewhat of the focus where him and Brock become, maybe they're here. Maybe, maybe in one of the movies, they become heroes for helping Spider-Man. I just, I hate the, I hate thinking about them fighting Spider-Man. It's just at this point, it's just not possible. You'll see him with Spider-Man in some capacity. You have to. Yeah. The ultimate culmination of Venom is with Spider-Man. No, I, I um, however, however, the thing is, is I'm perfectly okay with him not, being against spider-man right away yeah or even against him at all they don't have to be against each other they don't have to like each other yeah well they have different ideologies who's the most famous spider-man villain though venom venom that's my point though is you have to you at some point hold on he's not always a villain it's true Oh well, see that makes that makes me happier that he's not because I don't want him to be a villain. This Listen, point, he's not—he's the moral gray area guy. He's not always good. He's not always bad. That's fair. That's I get that's, that. That's, that's fair. the easiest way to say Venom. He's the anti-hero. Yeah, I mean, and, and so I guess another obvious piece is here. We skipped the we skipped thanks to Sony all of the base basically all the time that Venom is is the bad guy. You know, we got right into the moral gray version of Venom. Venom starts out as, a, as, uh, as another murderous machine, but we got to skip all that with the way that Sony wrote up, wrote him in, into into existence. Yeah, and that character still exists in in, the, in what now Marvel will have. And I don't think they would ever go back and try no. to like retcon that stuff either. So either. They wouldn't. I don't think them bringing Venom and Eddie over, they would be like, "Well, we got to change all this shit now. Yeah. What's the point? <laughs> Why did you bring them over then?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, because listen, that also means we don't get Black Suit Spider-Man. That's not true. I think we get Black Suit Spider-Man. I, th- I, I, I think we're past that arc. I think we're past where we're... Black Suit I don't think we get it the same way that it is written in comics. Okay. I, 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 think, I, think your next Venom, I think your next Venom movie, if a Venom movie happens, which I'm not sure if it does, if, if the next Venom movie happens, it is going to be where Spider-Man and Venom have, you know, end up together in the same movie for some reason. Okay. And at that point, there's no reason why Venom can't hop off of Eddie Brock and go. That's and go true. To Tom Holland, I, I get you. Which is exactly yeah. what would happen. That's the only way we get Black Suit Venom now. It's not going to be a struggle to, you know, to fight the symbiote. It's going to be, you know, Eddie Brock's down for the count. I got Venom you. Needs to, he needs to get to yeah. somebody else. Because, okay. Because I, we've, I, seen, we've seen Venom all over other people. Yeah, it's it's not him. a new thing. You're right. Okay. Yeah. I did I didn't consider that. Yeah. I understand. Okay. Good. Anything else we need to cover about this film before we rate it? I don't think so. I think we've pretty much said all Yeah, I think so. So I'll go first. I will rate this movie then. If you guys are okay with that, right? Yeah, 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 of course. So I don't think this is good to me as the first Venom. Uh, I gave the first Venom a seven. I'm going to give the second Venom movie a six. I don't think it's that big of a drop off. Um, I don't know if it's bad fun, but it's kind of dumb fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm okay with that. This movie, I enjoyed it. It's just 
not a spectacular piece of cinema. Yeah. Um, much like the last one is not, but still made a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. So I'm anxious to see where this ends up making money in the long run. Obviously, things are different now than yes. what they were a few years ago. But I think a six is very fair for this movie. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Grayson, you want to go? Yeah, no, six is exactly where I'm going to put it for these for the exact same reasons. I don't think it's anywhere as near as good as the first one, but I mean, it's not that noticeable of a drop off. I think the big win here is Venom. The end. <laughs> well, the end and and Venom. I think they found a good way to make Venom, like you said, in this one, an antihero and extremely likable. And I think that's there's something that has to be said for that to take a character that we've mostly known in lore as a villain and make him. The you know tell a different side of him, make him an antihero, and make him likable, but also within the balance of the movie itself, which I think is a huge win here for the character. So I have six. Okay. Um, I think when, in my opinion, I don't think Venom is as big of a character as Carnage is. I think Carnage steals the show, and I think I wanted Venom to still be the star of the show and just fighting carnage. Um, I had some problems with the movies that I talked about, and I just wanted this movie to be more than, than it was. I'm also giving this a six. I, I like both the first and the second movie the same, but this isn't a good of, as good of a movie as the first one. I'll agree with Roger on that. This movie is straight to the point. It's, it's good in that sense. It's short. And if it's longer, I think it get worse. So this is a six. I wanted this to be a little bit better. I got to see Carnage. He was cool to see on screen. I wanted Venom to be bigger on screen. I just don't feel like he was. I feel like he was just kind of there in Carnage's movie. Well, Venom did kind of, I mean, physically, he did kind of tower over Venom. So, I mean, if that's what you're looking for, then I think they did that well. Well, even just even just in the actions, Carnage was flashy and huge and, you know, all over the place and powerful, and Venom kind of just jumps around. You know what I'm, I'm going to say, and I was kind of like, I was kind of like, probably shouldn't say this because, it, you know, they're going to laugh at you, but... Fuck it, I'm going to say it anyway. I, I wanted there to be more of a learning curve for Venom in this one of why you care if I eat people. Why do you care if someone dies? There's, you know, like the whole Terminator 2 thing. You're teaching him. That's what I wanted. That's why that, that moment is so weird to me because they they had it set, like literally it's set up for that moment. And, and I mean, all Brock has to do when they're holding him is say, don't drop her. You know, like he's he's terrified. He's and then Venom realized it's because it's it's Anne and because he has tremendous feelings for her and that it's a real thing. I, I guess that's what I wanted was the teaching moment that didn't happen. So are you telling me Venom is a better Terminator <laughs> movie than Terminator? Uh, than Dark Fate for sure. We, I gave Dark Fate like a four, man. I gave I gave Venom and Venom two. A, I mean a six and a seven. So yes, I think so. Yeah, so I mean we're pretty even across the board here. We all have yeah. generally the same feeling on this movie. Actually, both of us. I'm very happy yeah, with where it ended up. We weren't too far across from Matt. I need to be odd one out this week. No, really. no. You were worried about that in the beginning. And I was yeah. like, does he think I like the Saints of New York movie more? Because <laughs> uh, listen, as somebody who watched the series, <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. That's eh, that's, the, that's the right tone of voice there. So if you got, was anything else you want to say about Venom 2 before we end the no. episode? No. Shut her down. a lot. Yeah, that was pretty good. All right. Indeed, sirs. Indeed. I'm glad we're very happy we're all coming. I was happy with the way it ended, too. You know, he didn't get the girl. I I, I like that. But, all right, this has been episode 247 of For the Love of Cinema. Each new episode posts every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. on the podcast service of your choice of the following five iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. 
Please leave a comment or two. Please leave a comment or two. Rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you very much for listening. Check out the show on Twitter at Love Cinema Pod. I'm at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian, and I'm Christopher Ball. All right. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook. Always posting things there on our social media, Facebook and Twitter, as a matter of fact. Uh, we still have a presence on YouTube. Check us out there if you want to laugh a few times. Send us a letter to or an email to for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. And next week, we're taking a look at a little movie you may have heard of, No Time to Die, James Bond, and The Adams Family 2, which, Roger, I remember you saying. I keep saying it, but you really like the first one. I did. So I, I thought hope, it was fine. I hope you like the Fine film. Very much fine. What's your favorite line from Venom? Or from Venom, Let There Be Carnage? Fuck that guy! It's like you don't have to worry about characters either. Like the the cast members, like people will still big time cast people will definitely come out for this. Yeah. Like you can still get Corey Stoll, you can still get Barenthal, you can still get all those people. Hold on, go, hold, like, on hold on one second, guys. Uh, so, fuck. Elvis. Elvis. Oh, Elvis. <laughs> Time to leave the building, buddy. He's so angry. Go pet him. Show no, him I have to. I have to edit this out later, so I don't like doing. Nope, um, we don't edit nothing. No, keep it in. All right, back to, back to back to the Saints of Newark. Um, okay, so five, four. Well, where were we? Sorry, I don't. Before we jump in, <laughs> we're not editing nothing. Let her fly.